0: Hi, thank you for tuning in to the Finding Harmony podcast with me, your host, Harmony Slater. Hello, welcome to the Finding Harmony podcast. I am your host, Harmony Slater. As most of you know, I am having a great week. I am back at home after a wonderful time away in Europe and Turkey. It was such a great trip. So, so amazing to connect with people in person and to teach in person again. Um, We had just a delicious time and it was so nice to be in the sun and overseas. Um, I am excited today to offer this episode with Dr. Rob Lamport of More Than Anatomy. He is also the husband of a past guest of ours, Terra Mitra, who many of you know and love. Um, he has spent many years in Mysore, and that was actually the first time I met him in Mysore, although we were never um, close sort of hanging in the same circles at times but not really um, spending much time together we know a lot of the same people have many common friends he eventually became a chiropractor which is his main profession now um, in addition to being a yoga teacher and anatomy teacher so we are going to have just a a beautiful time and conversation with Rob sharing his deep insights about the yoga practice and uh, different ways that the yoga practice has helped him in his body and different um, other tools like pranayama and his pranayama practice that has helped to enrich his yoga practice maybe even more so than the asana and some other things like fasting and um, you know Different techniques and therapies that he's tried that have all helped to heal his body and restore sort of a calm, peaceful mind. So, I think you're going to just adore Rob. He has so many great stories. We actually um, just couldn't really get enough of talking to him. So, this is a bit of a long one. So, hang on. Um, It's it's worth the wait, though. It's worth listening to every bit. It's a very, very juicy conversation. And um, as well, just a reminder to jump into the Finding Harmony Inner Circle. Uh, we are open for the month, and I would love to have you join us inside the Inner Circle membership uh, we have a wonderful bonus episode with Rob Lamport inside the Inner Circle. You will only get to listen to our bonus episode if you are an Inner Circle member. And so be sure to sign up. Um, not only will you get the bonus Finding Harmony podcast episodes, all of them that are in there um, that have been released so far, but you will also receive an invitation to join me in, For my live Mysore classes held every week on Friday mornings in North America, Friday afternoons in the United Kingdom and Europe, um, as well as chanting and pranayama monthly live classes, and as well as a monthly conference and philosophy lecture that are open to all our inside members, as well as uh, past workshops and many, many recorded classes that you can follow along to, including half primary series, full primary series and intro to intermediate, backbending classes, backbending workshops, handstand workshops, as well as other workshops on things like the Bhagavad Gita or Ayurveda. There's so much inside this membership. Um, It is a huge, huge deal, an amazing opportunity. So I would encourage you to become an inside member today and uh, join us. It's a wonderful way to connect with an international community of practitioners that are super supportive and um, just wonderful human beings. I know that you will love becoming a member and joining our WhatsApp group and our private Facebook group and um, getting your questions answered as they arrive. It's the best way to connect with me um, for a very minimal investment. You will join my inner circle. So jump on in. I'm excited to be able to open it up for this short time. I will be closing it um, in a couple of weeks. So stay tuned, but don't, don't delay. Why wait? Come on inside now. Hi, welcome to the Finding Harmony podcast. I'm your host, Harmony, and I'm here with Russell Case.
1: Are you feeling any better, Harmony?
0: (laughs) A little bit. You're
1: feeling a bit better (laughs) because you've been poorly i've been a little poorly these last couple of days sickly yeah yeah but yeah. you were you're still going to get up for a, a podcast today oh
0: yeah i'm what, excited well
1: what do you have for us today, today this is so exciting. we
0: have dr rob joining us dr
1: rob from mysore
0: yeah our
1: old
2: our old buddy from mysore
0: yeah.
2: hi dr rob
0: from more hey, than homie, anatomy hi, right
2: yeah great to yeah. be here with you thank you thank so much you. for having me
1: i i I thought that you had given me a treatment at one point to fix me. And as it turns out, you, that there were a number of chiropractors and acupuncturists on hand in, in Gokulam to kind of fix us. And, and I, I, th- I gather we had never really met then.
2: I, I don't believe so. If memory serves me correct, we've never met Russell. There's, you know, as you know, Mysore is such a transient community. So many people coming in and out. That the yeah, I've met a number of chiropractors over the year and lots of great acupuncturists and massage therapists. So I think I think it must have been someone else. Gosh, we sound like Roma or Gypsies.
1: Really. <laughs> we were
0: gypsies, <laughs> traveling
2: <laughs> travelers.
0: Yeah. Did you're... you meet Sean Clear, the acupuncturist from London?
2: Sean Clear, no, I didn't. I didn't. Okay.
0: I just thought you're both yeah. English. You know, <laughs>
2: um, it, doesn't, it doesn't ring a bell. You're from Hampshire. I'm from Hampshire originally. Yes. And where in England is that exactly? Hampshire is southern England. Um, so it kind of goes down to the south coast, and it's just underneath London. Oh, so it's um, sort of on
1: the way to Dorset.
2: You kind of kind
1: west, of west west of Brighton, west of Hove, and on the way. Uh, yeah,
2: yeah. Oh, slightly okay. west of slightly west of Brighton. Yeah. Okay okay so if if you from from where my family's home is then if you drive about an hour you reach london if you drive up to the back north roughly and if you drive south roughly you reach southampton portsmouth okay oh portsmouth yeah yeah I, i've yeah. been to
1: portsmouth a couple of times how have you Peach. yeah i lived oh, in nice. brighton for a couple of years so how oh, did you yeah oh, well. yeah Yeah. Oh, brighton's nice brighton's yeah. very nice it is nice. Everyone <laughs> likes Brighton. Brighton. When was that? When was that? Uh, I, I figured we probably we rubbed elbows together in Mysore in two thousand three, and then okay. um, I moved to to Brighton straight away. I got a job at the Brighton Natural Health Center. I got a gig. Oh. I took over Julie Martin's place at the Brighton Natural Health Center, and uh, was there about three years. Oh, were. Wow. Yeah, and then wow. uh, Sarah Miles took it over, the lovely Sarah Miles.
2: Okay, okay. Yeah. Oh, what a great experience. Yeah, Brighton's. Brighton's got some sun compared to the rest of,
1: <laughs> of <England. laughs> That's what they say. It's true. Yeah,
2: <laughs> and lovely,
1: lovely, uh, lovely rocky beaches that are very, very uncomfortable to lie on. To yes, try and, and soak up the sun. It's like, this is a bit uncomfortable. Mm. <laughs> So you were, you were uh, destined to be a farmer in the south of England.
2: I was, by all, all accounts, I should be a farmer. Um, mm. That's the kind of family tradition, which as a, as a kid, I was just, yeah, I was not interested in my brother. He was always going to be the farmer. You know, it was oh, wow. very clear that he was going to be the farmer. He went to agricultural college and uh, is mm-hmm. still farming today. And it wow. didn't really, I, wanted to, I watched a lot of black and white movies when I was a kid. I was just completely enamored with TV. And I thought there was probably far more glamorous things to be doing yeah. than farming at the time. Right. <laughs> uh, so I was drawn in different direction.
1: Can you um, dig into this a little bit about, about farming? Because it's quite a bit different than than in the in the States. Because I, I grew up in farm country in the States. And even though the farming kids were a bit wealthier than the townies, and they were a bit more... Um, had a bit more status they still weren't posh, and you know so like the city kids were were posh but I think it's i, I dare say it's it's very different in in England where you know being a farmer is really a quite a lot of of status
2: and um, it depends how big your farm is, I would say okay so you know the the, the big landowners that have have got kind of farms that are two three thousand acres and above then mm. yes they they can be quite wealthy and often have quite high status um mm. my family's farm is about 500 acres so mm. on the smaller side um, i wouldn't said that uh, that we you know we toured through the through the countryside and people waving at us recognizing <laughs> us uh, back back in the day so we had we were kind of medium well off we were kind of middle class you might you might say right. what we yeah what were you what were you growing um well they used to they used to do a lot of of, of beef there were beef farmers to be honest which right. i hate to say um for many many years and then they stopped that maybe 20 years ago yeah. and now mostly it's wheat so it's all the kind of you know commercial crops is wheat it's canola or rapeseed oil yeah um, a lot of a lot of peas for pea protein for animal feed and um, some yeah. oats once in a while not very often a little bit of rye barley once in a while but mostly so this is, wheat is where the money is
1: those giant lovely yellow fields or that's the, the canola the, or canola, the, rape the rape yeah. yeah that's yeah good. Yeah.
2: yeah gorgeous yes. it looks beautiful but not good for you
0: yeah we have that oh. a lot of that here yeah. in Alberta and British Columbia too these beautiful yellow fields
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 they yeah. look stunning
0: yeah yeah we have a lot of ranching too in this area so
2: how do you yeah, what, what's, oh, what's the, yeah. We're the very, prop there
0: well alberta is famous for their beef so
2: yeah it's
1: beef uh, country okay. beef and it? wheat basically. it's the texas of canada <laughs> yeah actually because it's How oil it? and beef here. yeah
2: yeah uh, oh i didn't know that
1: yeah we're and like it's cow- gigantic
0: cowboy capital of canada
1: it's like the size uh. of europe alberta is wow. like the same size yeah, it's the as the province it's the same size as europe it is it's insane, it's just, it is insane amount of space and
0: mostly land We're
1: yeah i mean if, to be honest i think it's probably about the size mm. of of france and, and germany yeah okay yeah just okay. fucking massive yeah. <laughs> we oh. have a very small section of it ourselves <laughs> yes <Yeah>. very tiny <laughs> very tiny <small. laughs> <Our> backyard <laughs> we do we do do you have any, you
2: have any livestock in your back here
1: we have a doggy oh there's one there's one yeah, yeah we have a doggy and we have <laughs> a uh
0: livestock dog. i
1: i keep squirrels we're not gonna eat her and i have 20 house sparrows that i feed yeah oh, wow. yeah, okay, yeah nice. it's good nice. they it used to be like five or six and now it's 20 and then they've really I, they've yeah we used to have like one or two squirrels now we have like 15 squirrels i think
2: uh, what, yeah, what are you feeding them to to attract them to your place?
1: Sunflower seeds, and they come uh, they come in their droves. It's yeah. true. <laughs> yeah. Nice.
0: what what then motivated you to go into chiropractic school? How did you become a chiropractor? Well,
1: it's a long story, you so There's lots of steps along the way. You're missing a few things. He sent us a few things. So <laughs> you were 16, and you and you decided to become a professional golfer. You have to read these things,
2: really. Sue. <laughs> You were a professional golfer. Now, that sounds quite posh, to be honest. I never, never turned professional. My, my aim was to become professional. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, when I, was, when I was kind of leaving school, I had absolutely no idea what I wanted to do. Um, so although I knew I didn't want to be a farmer, um, I didn't have much other kind of uh, you know, inkling of what I wanted. Um, and then I was still I was playing golf at that time. Uh, not, not, I wasn't particularly good, to be honest quite rubbish in fact um but some reason the the golf professional at the club was was desperate to get someone to work for him um and and ideally someone young that he could pay very little money uh for long hours um and i fitted the bill very nicely <laughs> that's right <laughs> so, nice so <laughs> um as i had nothing better to do i i accepted and yeah. over over the next couple of years, then I actually, with a bit of application, because for some reason I'm able to apply myself quite well to to certain things at certain times, I actually started to become half decent. Um, to a point where, in the lowest handicap I ever got to was scratch. If that means anything to you, it does. Um, that's
1: good. That's an excellent handicap. So, what do you mean you were rubbish? You're a scratch golfer, man. What,
2: yeah, I, I was rubbish to begin with. I got to scratch. So uh, <laughs> oh. that, that 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 took. <laughs> <laughs> that took a little while um, yeah
1: it does and that my was God. that was fun so
2: I, I played a lot of, of kind of amateur stuff so my aim was that I would play kind of amateur circuit stuff build my experience um, and and you know develop my game and then when I felt ready I would turn professional that was right. the kind of goal and yeah. um, but then I um, had some back issues which really kind of ah. got in the way of 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 my game yeah. um so yeah really really struggling for for quite a number of years really with it yeah um,
0: yoga for golfers is very popular because of these back issues
2: yeah it's just it's just it's very you know as one chiropractor that i follow sometimes says that if you know at some point in time if you play golf you're gonna have a bad back yeah it's just it's brutal on the back really um yeah
0: it's like it's that just, swinging yeah. and twisting <laughs> always and the only twisting
2: on the lumbar spine yeah and only one yeah. direction yeah yeah, lopsided sport, not good. And then yeah. yeah, the lumbar spine doesn't like to rotate and um golf tends to force it to to do so. Yeah. Right.
1: I think it'd be I think it'd be interesting for the sport if every other shot you had to switch hands. You had to go from <laughs> mm. left-handed to right hand. I think it would really be a much that would up the ante. It would up the ante. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or you'd have to flip for it at every hole. <laughs> uh, who's gonna go left handed yeah. this hole
2: I think it was. Uh, I think it was, uh, there was a famous golfer called Seve Ballesteros, a Spanish.
1: Oh, uh, golfer. yeah, Seve, yeah, yeah, Seve, yeah. yeah.
2: He he died a few years ago from uh, from a him tumor, but he I had, I was told uh, a story. Green jackets, Seve. Even the Masters, yeah, and he won the Open a, couple, a few times. Um Very good golfer, but he could play left-handed. And I, my understanding, or a story I heard, that he could he had a handicap of three playing left-handed. Wow, uh, <laughs> so he call. was he was super good. Yeah. I
0: think that that would be good. They should have to switch every hole. It would help their spines.
1: Our friend, Robbie Cavallero, who's on the show, told me stories about Seve out there with a stick and a pebble. And that's how he taught himself to play golf. It was just a stick because he loved the game so
2: much. He would just go out there with that. Exactly, yeah. And then at midnight or when it was dark, he would sneak onto the course that neighbored his his home Mm. and uh, play a few holes in, in the pitch black. Yeah good it's
1: incredible i so there's a couple stories there i think with with you that you wrote us about harmony that uh, were interesting like, there's the one about um uh being in the in the golf shop with your book and then there's the other story about just wandering into the yoga class in at the golf club and i wonder which one would you like to start with because they're both really fascinating
2: I think I think that the most life well actually both were life changing, but the most life changing really was the, the, the book story. Um, yeah. You had this so Jeffrey Archer book, didn't you? Jeffrey, yes.
1: <laughs> and what, it, so what is that? It, mm.
2: So have you heard of Jeffrey Archer? I don't
1: no. think so. You said you said Cain uh, and Abel by Jeffrey Archer. What 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 sort of book is that?
2: It's a it's a piece of fiction. He's he he's written some excellent pieces of fiction. Tinker, Taylor, soldier, spy. Oh,
1: I yeah, I know that's, Jeffrey Yes, Jeffrey. Sir yeah. Alec Guinness is my my he- hero. Ah, yeah, okay. Okay. I've I'm trying. My life's mission is to end up with a voice
2: like his. That's yeah, what I'd fabulous! Be to. Absolutely fabulous! Yeah. So lots lots of amazing novels that he or uh, yeah pieces of fiction that he's written over the years. And uh, when, I, when I was working at a golf club, I would kind of have four or five hours where I'd spend in the, in the, in the golf store, like okay. in a row. And it was the quietest golf club. It, you know, if I, if I saw one customer, you know, that was a busy day. <laughs> so I had all this time. And so I was, I was supposed to dust all the time. I was supposed to right. be dusting, dust. which I hated. So I never dusted. <laughs> um, and then, so I was left to my own devices. So I started reading books and pieces yeah. of fiction. And uh, obviously, you've never seen this book, uh, but it's, you know, it's a thick piece of fiction. And I was mm-hmm. very proud that I had this big, thick book mm-hmm. and I was reading it away. And one day, this, this um, elderly gentleman, his name was Frank Weldon, um, yeah. very quiet fellow. He came in. He said, well, you know, you have know, seem to have a lot of time on your hands. What do you do with your spare time? And I'm like, ah. Yeah. And I went around the back and I produced this thick book showing <laughs> wanting to show him. And see how impressed he was that I had the intelligence to, to read such such large pieces of literature, um, and he was not impressed at all. He like he shook his head and he said, "You you know, you really should do something more useful with your time." Oh, and I was I was completely devastated. It was you know we know when you you kind of present yourself to someone, you've like you laid yourself in your line. Yeah. Like, this I want to get praise now or feel good <laughs> yeah. from your from your uh, you know oh, your gosh. good words. That was completely lacking that's that's the
1: sort of fellow that walks around the art schools and does a critique and he walks into each of our studios and he just shakes his head you're wasting your life here was like, yeah, oh, yeah. What? I'm, <laughs> I'm really I'm trying i'm really trying i'm really no no it, like but this guy sounds like the arts are just rubbish
2: for him it's pretty much like that and i guess in that in that situation with the arts you can either drive you to better things or you can give up um, and so I just, I decided it should drive me to, to better pieces of, of reading. So yeah. I, I went to the, to the, um, uh, to the bookshop, there were bookshops back in the day. And there's not many bookshops nowadays, as we, as we yeah. know, but back then there was a bookshop I went to and, uh, I looked in the kind of self-help section and, and, you know, looking for different things. And I, I picked up two books and one was, was Anthony Robbins, yeah. Awaken the Giant Within.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, and the other was the Hay Diet. Um, oh, in both. by Louise Hay. Yeah. yeah. So I was I was completely blown away by both of those. It really, it it was the point where I kind of opened my eyes to the world that I realized that there's so much out out there that we can gain knowledge from, and so much I we can know. learn, and so many ways that we can evolve. Um, and I guess the evolution that's happened in me has never really completely stopped since that point. And so, of the most crucial points in my life, I kind of see the Frank Weldon moment, as I might nickname it as. <laughs> um, Weldon. he got him, a moment
0: probably... named after yeah. him. That's no yeah. Exactly,
2: exactly. <laughs> if anyone's listening who knows Frank Weldon uh, and knows knows his whereabouts, please, please get in touch. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, I learned I learned a great deal from from that guy just in in that moment, and I think that's. I think that's beauty. You know that we watched yeah. Tara and I watched this movie, um, the other day uh, we've seen it before, um, sliding doors. Have you seen that with yeah. the brilliant Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know that one where she, where she on. jumps into the tube one day and she yes. misses it the next day on that yeah. moment. And our Rise, life takes yeah. completely different directions. Yeah. And uh, that was... and it's almost like that kind of, yeah. kind of, yeah. I, I know our listeners at home are waiting
1: for me to, to speak up because that I also had one of those sliding door moments uh, when I was in, um, uh, a female. carlsbad california and um louise Hayes stuck her tongue in my ear which was a yeah, phenomenal wow. changing sliding
0: door moment it is a
1: sliding door moment if, if she, it's if a she slippery moment but... your ear then you would also feel transformed by the moment you know we what? became quite close
0: no you didn't we did for for three seconds well
1: she we were quite close and that went for three seconds
2: why why on earth did she, was she doing that she,
1: she was neighbors with my boss uh gene and salima ruffin and so we were out to have dinner and and i was there as a modest young man trying to be you know very polite and nice and eye candy you know and um she she drank um uh,
0: a bit too much. She'd had
1: a bit too much <laughs>
0: to drink.
1: And then I, I She was
0: quite elderly at this time. She was like she eighty, was she dead. was eighty-seven,
1: <laughs> something like that, eighty-five, eighty-seven. And they went to go get the car and they said, just keep her upright. And I said, All right. I said, keep her upright. And then um she turned to me and like got very close to my face and said, Isn't it nice that we could become so close so quickly? <laughs> I said, yes, it is nice. And then she tongued my ear. And I was like, this is fantastic. I could go to bed with this woman. It'd be the most amazing thing. And how much better would the story be if I bedded her, right? As like a 35 year old, like I took in her bed. And it'd be, it would be like the best story ever. Right now, I feel really like it's quite frustrating. I can't, I didn't consummate the story. You know? but uh yeah that was that was transformative for i haven't been the same since
2: no i, I can imagine I can yeah. really
1: no. and i was quite i was quite stricken when she passed actually <laughs> all of it. Um, Wow. well you should better yourself were well, you listeners at home you should you should better yourself and you can't you can't do wrong with louise hay <laughs>
0: Oh, I, I love i love her like change your like heal your heal your life you have
1: all
2: of her books I have a lot of all books. of them i know i, I love them. her yeah. <laughs> very good
0: yeah so then so after this moment you, had- you started like on a on a massive journey of of self-realization and personal development and opening your yeah. heart and your mind all these new ideas
2: yeah so, so, so to begin with it was it, it was mostly towards my kind of golf career and so it really, especially um, Anthony Robbins book, it really made me appreciate the power of the mind and, you know, yeah. golf they say is like 90, 95% between the, between the ears, mm-hmm. right. you know, it's, it's yeah. concentration. It's not letting negative thoughts come in. Uh, so it's a bit like meditation in some ways yeah. and you really have to be in the zone. So it really, it really strengthened my mental game, which, you know, was the thing that improved me a great deal. And then the nutrition side to give me more energy, um you know to more more stamina when i was playing sometimes before that i would get tired towards the end of a game so yeah. the nutrition really helped to make sure that i could stay physically and mentally alert um when i was competing yeah. so it was on that level to begin with and then over a period of time slowly moving more towards uh, more kind of spirituality i, I would guess and, and connecting to myself and and eventually to the the rest of the world i guess so the how did, in
0: yeah. How did you stumble into a yoga class?
2: So I, after, after about two and a half years of playing golf quite a lot, um, uh, I developed all these back issues and I saw lots of different people. I saw chiropractors and physiotherapists and doctors and massage therapists, all these different people, none of them really helped. And I kind of struggled away and sometimes it get a bit better and I could play again. And sometimes it would just go back to square one. And then, I was at the gym a lot at that time. This is fast forward a couple of years. I'm trying to get my back stronger and going around in a circle. Like it would just, it just wouldn't improve things. And one of the gym instructors said, oh, you should, um, you should meet my friend. She, she practiced a little bit of yoga. Uh, and so I chatted with her and then she said, well, that my teacher is coming to this yoga class and they're hosting it at the golf club. So why didn't you come to that? I was like, okay, sure. So I went to it and she was, her name was Bobby. I really can't remember her, uh, her second name, but she was an Iyenga teacher of many, many years. She okay. looked Bobby must have been about sixty, but she's maybe in one hundred and fifty for all I know. I've got no <laughs> idea. You know, she's she's one of the you know one of the the, the people that you see. You know, and hopefully we'll be <laughs> yeah. the same when we're eighty that we look really you know lean and lustrous and, and glowing right. eyes and, and that's full the of idea that's the goal that's the idea yeah. isn't it um, <laughs> we
1: take care of our
0: brains to make that happen
1: <laughs> exactly no oh, just eat less eat less cheese
2: I think. So, yeah that will that will help and so bobby was yeah i was quite taken by bobby not as so much as as you were by louise hay and <laughs> she took me too.
1: sir <laughs> she took me mm. Oh, yeah, that's what you uh, said. I was taken by yeah. Louise Hay. Yeah, yeah, she did take. <laughs> mm. She had mm.
2: Mm. And um, it And was, it was a mind-opening moment because she could move her body in all these different uh, ways. And I realized just how little I could move my body, how you know, disconnected I was with my body, how in pain I was in doing, making these different movements, how right. stiff I was. And I was particularly blown away by how she could move her feet. You know, when someone's uh-huh. been practicing yoga, which I can yeah. now do, fortunately, but when someone's been really practicing yoga for a long time, they can really pick their toes up and yeah. spread right. them out. They've got them, got complete control over them. Yeah. Yeah. She could do that, and I was like, "Wow, what? Could she, she's she's amazing!" And I tried looked at my feet, and they just wouldn't move. You know, I couldn't do anything with them. Um, so it really made it just it opened my eyes, and I fully understood why I had back issues because one, I was stiff as a board, two, I was disconnected uh, from my body. Um, and I was, I was physically and, and kind of in some ways mentally weak as well. Really? So, you know, that really, yeah, that was a turning point when it, you know, or the, the eye opening moment in terms of, of realizing the potential that, that yoga has. And I've been yeah. just this massive believer in it ever since.
1: It's it's interesting. I, I love how you you bring emphasis to the toes and the feet. It's such a curious thing to notice, and it's it's lovely. Well, growing up, I'd I'd always kind of would do these. Um, you know, my parents would have me take my my socks off, and and I they would they would have me show what I could do with my toes, <laughs> and so like you know i could pick up a, a tennis ball with my with my with my toes and my feet and it was just always something like look how, look our son's a monkey you know he's cute <laughs> and then i i i i went to india and i and it was the first time that i noticed people with the same kind of feet as me and everyone's mm. walking around their feet and toes are spread wide out especially the laborers walking out with these bags on their head and i'd look down mm. at their feet and i said oh god their toes look just like mine and it was the first time I ever really kind of really thought about the toes being okay. something that could be um, special.
3: <laughs> special.
1: And, and then I started, I started really kind of playing with it in the yoga classes. Like, here, look, we should all be spreading out our toes and getting a nice wide platform. And I think I heard David Swenson mention something like that, you know, having a nice wide platform for yeah. when you're doing the balancing postures. Unfortunately, like, no shoes will fit me. <laughs> And it's just it's uh, there are
2: disadvantages, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, when you when you go to India, you really do see that a great deal where yeah. they've not had their feet in shoes for most of their life, as you said, yeah. particularly the particularly the labourers or the, the more uh, farmers, for example. I used to right. live on an ashram many years ago uh, in India, and it was a very rural community, and they often would walk barefoot, and it was just it's a delight to see such a healthy foot. Yeah, it is delightful. Uh, you, you don't see it. You don't see it very much in, in the Western world.
1: No, it's the total inverse of how our feet look here. It's like a, it's like a pointed arrow. That's what all the feet look mm. like in the West. Whereas mm. it's a, it's a fan in India or in Southern Illinois, where I grew up with, you know, in my, my, my foot. And it's my foot's like a fan and nothing in a no shoe foot fits that there's no shoe made for that. Even all these like ergonomically, Newfangled shoes that are made to keep your foot wide—they're still, I feel like constrained in them.
2: Yeah. Am I allowed to? Well, I was going to suggest a brand of shoes, but am I allowed? Yeah. To yes. Yes. And um, let's,
0: we'll contact. Let's hit, them let's hit them up and get. Yeah. Them we'll contact
1: them about sponsorship. <laughs> We're eager for new sponsors. No. <laughs> or any sponsors. For <laughs> <Have laughs> any sponsors.
2: Have you, have you not tried? Because I, I, I find that the Vivo barefoots—they have a really wide toe Vivo. box. Vivo oh. barefoot. Have you tried those?
1: Uh, no, I haven't try, try have we a look have, at those we have tried doseki's and if you are interested in <laughs> a beer a for the most interesting man in the world in today's case it's dr rob try doseki's <laughs> but
0: vi- okay. vivo, vivo
2: vivo vivo oh I'll, vivo Barefoot,
1: yeah vivo
0: vivo
2: yeah Okay. Hopefully, they're watching and they're pleased with this this blog.
1: Yeah, I'll see if I can get um, hit them up. Uh, I'll do the vivo barefoot. And, so have
0: you noticed, like, as a chiropractor now, with all of your years of experience, that like people's feet will often, you know, change the way their spine is.
2: Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, it really can. It really can. You know, you'll often. You know, you can argue that it can happen from the kind of low back pelvis down affecting the foot, but right. it also can affect you know, the foot going up in, into the spine. They did a fascinating study years ago um, where they put um, heel wedges, you know, little, a little uh, lift towards yeah. the heel of a shoe yeah. to make it a little bit higher and yeah. change the, the architecture a little bit. Um, they did an MRI before and then an MRI about six or eight weeks later. Yeah, And what they saw was... The, there was um, actually injury to the bone. Oof. The bones of, of the spine, they were actually injured. They were wow. under greater stress because the individual was walking differently. In, in fact, one person developed such bad sciatica that they had to stop, they had to stop the, the actual trial on him. You mean wow.
1: like, a, like if a lady wore high heel
2: shoes, for example, that would do that? Um, it, would have an, it would have an effect on, on the bone structure differently. Yeah. But it, what they did was they just did it in one side once. Oh, oh oh God. No, don't do that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that's, that's
2: inhumane, man. Yeah. God damn. But, but for sure if you, if you change if the, you change the way you walk, if you change uh, the foot's architecture, there will be yeah. a different stress acting through the foot and therefore the spine. And yeah. because bone adapts to how it's loaded yeah. into wolf's law, then that bone architecture will start to change. Um, that wow. can have a positive effect or a negative effect in obviously this case.
0: Yeah. What's I, you know, what I've always found really interesting because I have a little bit of scoliosis. My spine is like twisted a little bit, which created the scoliosis a
1: little bit. Jesus.
0: So <laughs> um, what I've always found really interesting is my arches are different. So one is a little bit mm. higher than the other. And then I don't know if it's that specific thing or the twist In the spine, but I mean, it's all probably related. But the shape of my legs is also different because of that. Like one's a little more bowed, and one's a little bit more straight.
1: For sure, your father, your brother, and your niece all have exactly the same body and and the same spine. It's a tragedy. It's a genetic problem. (laughs) By the way, Vivo Barefoot uh, offer a range of barefoot shoes for men, women, and children ultra thin puncture resistant shoes let your feet do the natural thing and um, they're going to send some footwear to us (laughs) which is nice and we'll give them out to uh, some lucky winner at the end of the show fantastic (laughs) can you tell us a little bit about uh, because we want to get to your body of knowledge with the chiropractor and and your whole experience of of india which is fascinating but uh, how is it, because this must be really difficult to leave golf behind. And I think you're like a 22, 23 year old and you've decided to to move to do something completely different.
2: You decided to just become a yoga teacher. And I, I wonder if you could you could tell us about that. It was, I, I, I do regard it as a slightly harebrained idea, you know, why you... <laughs> It's like, saying, it's like saying I'm going to become an, a teacher of Urdu and you've never looked at an Urdu dictionary. You've never anything about Urdu. So it's completely ridiculous, really. I, I just, mm. I guess I like, the, you know, it's almost like I like the sound of Urdu, but I didn't know how to teach it. So I liked the idea <laughs> yeah. of yoga. You know, i had been practicing for, how old was I then? So I've been practicing for maybe two or three years. Um, and I guess yes. it was the only constant in my life at that point apart from, from golf, which it wasn't something I was going to pursue anymore. Um, it was just too painful, and, was it, golf? Yeah, I, I, it was too, it was, yes, it, yeah, in many ways. You know, every time I, th- you know, I don't play anymore. I haven't played for, for quite a number of years now. Every time I think about playing golf, my back hurts. is that, oh. that negative association. Yeah, um, yeah. It reminds me of, of Anthony Robbins and the way he does NLP. Yeah. you know for example you hate carrots so you think about carrots and then you feel nauseous about the carrot straight away yeah. um yeah. before you've even seen the carrot the somatic response exactly yeah. so um, so yeah the, the 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 back was 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 pretty aggravated you know I could play and I could compete and I was actually I could still actually compete to half decent level but then you know towards the end of the competition, I was really struggling the next yeah. week I'd be really struggling and so it was you know it had no future really. Yeah. Um, so that was put to one side and uh, the thought of of um, yeah of, of becoming a yoga teacher sprung to my mind and then uh, I wondered how I was going to do that and the the first thing that came up was was you know back back in the day there was no that was the internet wasn't it there was AOL and they you no, know, we used to log on to AOL. Yes. and uh, a yeah. horrible noise that went on for mm, like an hour, lovely. and then you got connected. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a real uh, so, at that point. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, and so there wasn't much information out there, but the 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 big the main kind of yoga school that I knew of back then was the Shivananda,
3: right? And they had mm-hmm.
2: different teacher trainings, didn't they? They yeah. had them all over the world, yeah. And I came across one one in the Bahamas. Yeah, thought, this, this, this sounds good. i go there. You were Bahamas just in that. the Bahamas. <laughs> no, no, I think I, I didn't go. I, I, yeah. I see. <laughs> that
0: one always seems to me too. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then, so just before, before I actually booked the Bahamas, my, my friend at the time said, Look, if you're going to learn yoga, you should go to the source, you should go to India. This is where it's from. Amazing. And I'm like, Oh, maybe you're right. Maybe I should go and do that. So then I started researching and still there's no internet. And I came across this book. I don't know whether you guys ever heard of it. From it's called From Here to Nirvana. Oh yeah, um, it's the Kurt Cobain
1: biography. No, yeah.
3: it's, not.
2: <laughs> it's what inspired Kurt Cobain, maybe.
3: Oh
1: but, yeah. Um... <laughs> yeah, yeah. The sui- it's the suicidal tendencies, you mean? Yeah.
2: From right. here to
0: nirvana. Yeah, I yeah. feel like I've heard of this book.
2: But it was it was a book that listed just about all the kind of well-known ashrams and yoga teachers so yes. they had the Joyce, and they had um ag mohan um they had the B. House school of yoga it was like a they
0: spiritual had... uh like lonely planet to india right
2: <laughs> yeah pretty <laughs> much pretty i had this much. book i had uh, fantastic book. Wow. I traveled oh, yeah.
0: all around India, like going to all the gurus awesome. and and things. I'd look up who did I want to go visit and how can I awesome. find them. It's yeah, your yeah, spiritual
1: what, what... tourist, for fuck's sake.
0: It's amazing. It was an wow. amazing book. Yeah. I don't know what happened to it, but you
1: find yeah, it's a find, great, great book. find a single
2: path. Sweetie. It was
0: awesome. Mm-hmm. What, what I, I year... wish I still had it.
2: <laughs> what year were you doing that?
0: That was in 2005 and six and seven. I traveled a lot okay. through a India looking okay. at all you've the got,
2: You've got
1: gurus. this relationship to Batabi Joyce already. Just stick with that. Nah. Nah. <laughs> he was never enough for you, was he?
0: I wanted to meet all the gurus all and the gurus. all the
1: teachers so this is 1998 and you just said you just up and went to India so
0: what but why did you choose that like Mysore did you choose Mysore did you go the, somewhere else it's in
1: the book sweetie it's in the book just be quiet no it's in, he's <laughs> clearly setting this up yeah you read the book
0: I know that's why I'm asking him the question oh yeah
1: let's ask him the
0: question. you were reading the book <laughs> and like what made you choose that place
2: there was all sorts of different places they wanted to go I, because I had a kind of Iyengar background you know yeah. the, the teacher I mentioned he she was Iyengar um, first of all, I thought about something with uh, BKS Anger in Pune, but right. then I heard it was quite difficult to get into. It took a bit of preparation. Yeah. Wait- and days. I hate, yeah, Couple I hate preparation. I just want to, <laughs> if I want to do something, I don't, like if I'm going to assemble an, a piece of Ikea furniture, I don't really want to read the manual. Oh, I just want to start making it. Oh, <laughs> no.
1: That's the worst. Uh, that, no oh god don't approach
0: ikea that way no you don't approach
1: ikea that way. i get no. it and i'm
0: the same way i'm like do i want to do this yes or no if it's yes i want to do it now or like very soon
1: no, you have to <laughs> you're never going to get a tv operating that way you have to follow the instructions no, no.
2: Yeah. so the, the fact that i had to apply i didn't like the idea and then um yeah. And then with with, with Patabi Joyce, I think you had to apply as well. And so I'm not, I wasn't interested in writing. You had to just just write a letter, yeah. But it's still it's exactly. a bit much. Too much, that.
3: yeah.
2: Exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I looked at different places. I looked at Desikchar and all, you know, yeah. all these different places. There was many, you know, and there still is many great teachers at that time. Yeah. Um, and so I thought, what I do first of all, I do a teacher training. You know, I, I want to right. become a teacher. I should do a teacher training. And I decided that I would go to um, a place called Viessa um which is what well, now viyasa excuse me it's it, at the time it's kananda Vivakananda kendra in bangalore prashanti mm. kutram ashram um nice. which is just outside of bangalore it's probably actually it's now you know how bangalore's exploded it's probably in the center oh, yeah. of bangalore <laughs> yeah, um because bangalore's gone completely insane yeah. but um so i went there for a month and uh did this training and it was it was intense it was you said I, mean, it I don't was know how a... teachers train
1: you said it was absolutely brutal, and you you wrote down some of the things that you were asked to do, and it seems like there there were like it's like a cult technique to break down your body and mind so that you end up being like a slave.
0: What did you do? <laughs> what, what, what was it like? Why was it brutal?
2: How it was, was brutal. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was brutal. I mean, the, the time schedule, the time frame was brutal in the sense that you know the alarm would go around four in the morning you know, and for a Westerner who was, you know, not used to this kind of uh, right. schedule, it was, it was terrible. So the Lama go, and then it was just, it was nonstop yoga. It was like a yoga marathon within a day. So <laughs> we honest. would go out, we would do our, we would do on meditation, and then we do some asana. And then I think we had some breakfast and then we would do some karma yoga. So like weaving in the mango grove, then yeah. we would maybe have a little bit of tea or something. And then we would have lessons that we do Raja yoga and Jhana yoga, do all this, this theory, And then again, more asana and then um, uh, and then some uh, then satsang and all these different different kind of components. It was a it was fantastic because it gave such a a comprehensive overview of yoga, not just asana and maybe a little bit of pranayama or something. It was just a bit of everything, which I really appreciated. It kind of made me uh, appreciate initially that yoga was not just a physical practice. There was yeah. so much more to it. Yeah. Not that do... that fully set in, but
0: yeah. Do they do the, um, the Arati in the morning where you're like doing the hymns and chanting and they're doing the flame with the puja?
2: No, they didn't. I know they no? didn't actually do that. No, not in, in our, we, we did an on meditation. Yeah. Um, and no, we, we didn't do that.
0: Cause I stayed once at the Ramakrishna ashram in um, okay. Calcutta or just outside of Calcutta and and it sounds very similar it was like kind of a similar schedule like but they day would always start with this big sort of puja and singing and uh, light uh, uh, all right Um, and then like if if you were in their sort of like program I was just staying there as a guest so I didn't have to do like the karma yoga
3: stuff
0: (laughs) Mm. but other people who stayed there to like you know kind of join their program yeah they were on like a really intense schedule
2: yeah yeah how yeah. oh, fantastic that sounds a good yeah. experience that you had
0: yeah it's nice though to that that was your first introduction to yoga is like learning about jnana yoga and well, karma yoga and bhakti it yoga sounds and like, Raja mm, yoga. All his these first introduction
1: things. was being indoctrinated
3: no well,
0: it it's like an education really
2: rough mm. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was quite rough i mean it was you know the day ended at nine thirty. So it started at four four thirty. Yeah. I think the first class four thirty. It finished at nine thirty. It actually finished with something they called happy time, which, to be honest, <laughs> to be honest, it was it was my most dreaded time of the day. And the happy time. For oh you. god, it was absolute misery. They they, they enforced soundtrick. We gather <laughs> all the all the um, everyone in our group would gather together. And our kind of leader would suggest that someone enter the circle and do some kind of performance. You know, they would sing a song or do a dance or tell a story or something. And this is just, for me, this is just a a complete nightmare. I do not want to stand in front of people and start doing something like that, especially dancing or singing. Um, So I I dreaded that every single night. Um, uh, That was the worst thing. So I, I usually went to bed quite miserable And then I'd been asleep, I'd been asleep for five minutes and the bell would ring and I would have to start all again. So after about three days, I was, I was, I was really, I was absolutely miserable and just close to tears. But uh, somehow I I, I woke up and and pulled through.
1: And you said that you would have to sit (laughs) for hours on the ground and you felt like your legs were going to fall off and be permanently damaged.
2: Yeah, that, I mean, I, I don't know how you guys experienced, but I, I certainly wasn't, uh, when I went to India, I was certainly not experienced to, to sitting on the floor cross-legged. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm blessed with a, an extremely bony bottom. Um, <laughs> oh, that is so... a
1: blessing, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: sit bones when they come out with bruises on them. <laughs>
1: oh, God. A nice so squishy my... bum can be really helpful for these sorts of things. Yeah, I'm,
2: I'm hoping in my next life, because I'm pretty sure I'm going back I'm hoping my next life I will have some kind of cushioning inbuilt rather than the yeah, need yeah, yeah. To, to have a cushion. Yeah. Um, so d- it does leave my static nerve slightly vulnerable to compression. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah. sitting on a, on a hard right. floor, you know, I'd watch these. I watch my fellow fellow inmates, you know, uh, <laughs> sitting re- ever so comfortably. <laughs> um,
1: that's
0: so no, Indian.
2: Inmates?
0: No, in India, they don't say roommates. They say inmates.
2: Oh,
1: that's but in America, worst, inmates is
0: like a prisoner, it right? It is
1: definitely. so funny. Exactly.
0: So I love that you use that term. It's so beautiful.
1: Can, can I just share with you just, just quickly, um, not to make the podcast about me, uh... but in, um, in 1998, at the same time, I had moved to South Korea to teach English. And I was I also experiencing agony because the Koreans sit on the ground, or at least they did still 20 years ago. And so I'd spend 10 to 15 hours a day sitting on the ground. And it was, I'd never done that. I mean, I'd played video games, played a bit of Atari on the ground. It was all right, but Mm. um, it was absolute agony sitting there. My legs were just, it transformed my body. At the end of it, my my whole structure, hip structure was, was completely transformed. But the other thing they really like to do is happy time, <laughs> where you should do group performance and like you should sing karaoke or noribang as they would call it, and then you would they would like it. So I had I developed a group of friends who were a panzori team who would do the samonori um traditional Korean drumming. And they got in, they got this idea. That it'd be super fun to start every show with Russell doing like a performance first, <laughs> and they thought it was oh, this would be stupid and weird. It'd be great. It's so hip, you know, and beat. And so I would do like a headstand and in front of everybody, and everybody would clap. And then I would sing "Love Me Tender" by Elvis, <laughs> and it was just the most bizarre opening act to a traditional Korean. <laughs> And I was just like, I just really got into the idea of doing like the most ridiculous thing in public, which is now of course, why we do the podcast.
2: It, it sounds like you, you took public performance, you know, more gracefully and with better heart than I it. did.
1: I really did take to it. I don't know, this is, if you can sing Love Me Tender in like, and these guys, like even though it's Korea and it's a completely different t- tonal, chordal structure, they could tell that I was, I was not singing it right. <laughs> he was like this guy cannot sing it I, we don't even know this song He cannot sing it. <laughs> it was oh
2: so stupid
0: did you find See, you were there for a month rob
2: i was in yeah in in uh in there yeah about five weeks I, I turned up about a week early so it was about five weeks in total um but yeah you know it was it was a great experience and and yeah. like
0: did you notice like any changes, you, like your body or your like energy or your mind or
2: anything? Um, yeah, I did. You know, you know, when you when you sometimes when you do those things, you don't necessarily appreciate fully what's taken place. Yeah. Um, and I remember, and I think the biggest appreciation of what happened because in in the ashram is as you know often there's it's the food is resetfic, really so there's no um, food such as onions and garlic um, and a lot of refined food, so you you become quite clean. And I remember we were, you know, the food wasn't actually bad, but the the fellow westerners that I met, there was a, a there was only three of us out of 30 that were from 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 the West. There was an Australian girl and an American girl. Um and um we were really missing Western food. So we left the Asherah we went straight to um what's the pizza place? Um it's Domino's 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 was popular there. at the time.
0: Pizza Corner. <laughs>
2: Pizza Corner, Pizza Corner. (gasps) Well done. That's another plug. They'll be sending us pizzas now. Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) from from
1: (laughs) India. I'll see. I'll look up what their byline is. So
2: So we went to Pizza Corner. (laughs) (laughs) We went to Pizza Corner, and we had, you know, there was garlic and onions on the pizza, and all this stimulating food. And we went back to the hotel, and we were completely wired. None of us could sleep. Yeah. because we just weren't used to this stimulating food which we is overstimulated right. so that that was a real eye-opener in terms of of how food could really strongly affect us yeah. um but also how as we entered you know bangalore was was pretty crazy then and it, you know it's even more crazy oh, yeah. now that the stimulus you know the honking and the cows the, and the barking <laughs> dogs and then the truck and the fumes so much stimulus and it was like oh yeah. you know I, I almost want to go straight back to the ashram
1: that drove me crazy it really drove me crazy in India when people would tell me like "Oh, garlic and onions are very (laughs) stimulating and they would Mm. in front of you drink a gallon of Mysore style coffee with (laughs) with like a a pound of sugar in it Mm. and then they would go you know then it's like are you look around man how stimulating this place is and you're giving you're giving me shit about eating an onion (laughs) <laughs> Look around. I'm just, oh, I get so mad. Mm.
2: <laughs>
0: <And there it laughs> yeah.
2: So then you went to Mysore. So I went to Mysore, yeah. So I, I'd heard, as I, I was reading the book about Ashtanga, but also I, maybe before the book or around the time of the book, the Hidda Nirvana, um, I'd heard about Ashtanga yoga. And my only reference to it was that Madonna and, and Sting practiced oh, yeah. it and so i was, was i was like oh, yeah. must be good for you must be good yeah, for yeah. look at that um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so i knew of ashtanga um i'd not practiced it instead most of it was was anger then i had this experience the ashram was more kind of hatha yoga based they only had it was a bit like shivananda they had about maybe 30 or 35 postures and like that that core postures that we practiced in the ashram um so i was interested in an ashtanga so we went to to mysore and I decided that I would, I had a choice really at the time, it was, it was Patapi Joyce or BNS Anger. And um, I was, I lent towards BNS Anger, one because I'd never write him a letter. Co-students um, of Krishna Macharya, yeah. Exactly. Um, and also, that a guy I met in the house I was saying he, he was a student of BNS um, and said, oh, I'll take you to meet him. So it was kind of the easy, so it just kind of, it was the easy kind of path into, into it at the you time. Don't th-
1: you don't suppose that was Andrew Epler. That wasn't your housemate, was it? No. Okay. <laughs> He's a famous, famous uh, Iyengar devotee.
2: Yeah, he does the uh, Mysore traditions, isn't he? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the same guy. All right.
1: <laughs> so, what was he like? You were there at the giant moron palace, oh, excuse me, Jagan Moha. Mohan Palace um i'm sorry it was no. next
2: it was next door so the, there's a jagamahan palace where the krishma used to teach and then there's there's some mutt the Jaya, which i can't remember the name fully and i won't i can't pronounce properly a, a um, mutt
1: being a, a a school in india or a, a center yeah it was like it, it was, it was a temple a and, yeah. and a
2: school yeah mutt, yeah thank you for the, for the, the clarification just for <laughs> Ma- martha
1: in florida who is our only listener she sometimes <laughs> doesn't understand his references mm, we try and fill it in. Yeah, there
2: was, there was, there's a temple downstairs and some kind of uh, temple school and then BNSanga Anger taught upstairs. Beautiful old building, absolutely stunning. And so in the big hall, all the, the locals would practice, they would huff and puff away in there and, and as you know, <laughs> as you know, when, when you, when you see the, the, the local people, the Mysoreans practice um, Ashtanga, it looks nothing like a Western person's practice is it it's
1: really true yeah yeah
2: and, and it's and it's great in many ways it's because there's absolutely no adherence to alignment they just do no. what they can do and they move from the posture to the next a, and flop about yeah exactly um and have perhaps a much we get a better too... have a much better time of it <laughs> <laughs> and then we were we've said segregated in, in the back portion us westerners there's three or four of us um <laughs> And so <laughs> whites in the back it was it was, it was yeah mm. it was a little bit that way mm. and uh being a singer he didn't he didn't give a lot of he didn't give a lot of of uh you know adjustments it was kind of like you do this and this and this and the the friend that i met he was quite adept he was doing intermediate at the time so he kind of knew he kind of would give me pointers right. um and there was a couple other people it's about four of us i think and uh, we just kind of plodded our way through through the practice each day and then and then uh you guys must know Mark Yo. Yeah, you're yeah, from Malaysia. Yeah,
3: yeah. We've
2: so mentioned him was, on the he... show
1: many times because <laughs> he was he was the figure of the Ashtanga Yoga god in our in our age group.
2: Uh, okay. Okay. He's
0: so the most he... advanced person practicing in the Shalom. Most for a advanced long, long time I'd ever yes, seen. Style. Still
1: exactly. the most yeah. advanced <laughs> I've seen in person. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I've heard so he, about he... people, but yeah. Okay. Witness. He was one of
2: my fellow housemates that that trip. Oh, cool! Oh. And so and so I, 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 I was I was I was different. He was obviously practicing with with Patevi Joyce at the time, and I um uh, and he was quite experienced. Obviously, knew much more than than I did. And I so can't imagine
1: would, how you'd even have time to talk to him because he's so busy doing asanas all day long.
2: <laughs> pretty much. But he had time. He had time to to teach me. So he would give me an extra lesson. Oh. in the afternoon sometimes like some hip openers because I was stiff as a board right. um it absolutely so kill me he would absolutely <laughs> kill me doing these different things oh, Absolute man. agony um that's amazing brilliant so I've got a few pointers from him um and yeah just kind of plodded along but I being anger was he was nice he had a certain certain energy about him had a few good stories um yeah. that he would he would relate once in a while he, one of my favorite stories that he, or pieces of advice he ever gave me was that uh, you are like this, Russell, I'm sure, but um, you should not eat a banana. Do not no. eat a banana. <laughs> Don't uh, eat banana. banana. Good God. So and yeah. his, his reasons were that, you know, in the laboratory, he'd done experiments, okay? Um, and the, he, he tried to burn this banana. He put the, 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 the piece of banana in a test tube and he put the bunts and burn, burn away and it would not break down. He could not destroy the banana. And therefore, the stomach acne
1: (laughs) wouldn't be able to either, would it?
2: Exactly. And then, and then the other reason, and and I excuse this for some of the audience, especially Martha in, um, in where's Martha? Florida, Uh,
1: uh, (laughs) uh, Tallahassee. Yeah.
2: Mm. He he said, he said, don't don't eat it because it's it's shaped like the male organ. Yes. And and if you therefore eat it, you it will increase your libido. Yeah,
1: Yeah, Um, that's what we discovered. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> Russell has, loves bananas. <laughs>
1: Actually, uh, Harmony's been encouraging me to eat more bananas. Uh, so
2: i try to eat one a day now. <laughs> That's
0: so funny. I love it. Yeah, he
2: w- he was a sweet guy. So I, I spent about um, I was about two months with him um, that trip, and then and then um, I traveled around India for for a while for the rest of the that time of my first visit to to India lovely
1: and, and so th- you, did mark suggest going to the the Patabi joyce or did did you say that he suggested that you go to australia and do a, a body work course i'm a little confused
2: yeah he, no, he did he so i was um i was chatting him i i i knew after india i was going to go to thailand and i was still kind of not sure what i was doing um i knew that i obviously started this this path on wanting to be a yoga teacher. And I knew it was quite a long path. Um, I was still having some back issues. And so a lot of, uh, some of the driving force to deepen my practice was really to understand my own body and, and be out of pain, um, mm. more selfish reasons rather than just teaching and, and giving, giving. It was really, I was trying to fix my body in, in many ways. Um, and he told me about this course in, in Sydney and in Australia that he was thinking about doing. Um, mm. It was a year long course. And so I looked in, I thought, actually, this sounds really good. I think this, this might be something I want to do. I learned more about the body. Um, I learned some new skills. It would probably help my, my teaching as well. Um, and so I signed up. He never did. Um, he never, he never, <laughs> I never saw him in Australia. never showed up. Um, but I went myself and, um, it was a great experience. It was, it was a really comprehensive course. So I learned sports injury therapies. Yeah. There was a role for so We had 10 weeks with a rofer. um, we did some aromatherapy. We did some nutrition, some biomechanics, um, reflexology, lots of different modalities, um, and yeah, just had a, had a great time. I really really enjoyed it. Loved Australia. Incredible. Um, Sydney was was fantastic. Have you guys been to, to Sydney?
1: I've been. To, I, I taught uh, in Bondi Beach at the new yeah, well. the, that new Joyce Yoga. I taught there for ah, a month or two. Okay. Okay. Maybe uh, six weeks. I was uh, Manju was there at the same time as me and Brett Porzio. We we've talked together. Andrew sort of set Andrew um, Hillam set the whole thing up.
2: Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah, Sydney's great. Bondi's lovely.
1: Yeah, Bondi was a it was a fun town. It was just um, it was a it was a it was kind of a bizarre kind of mixture of a hippie uni town with, you know, mm-hmm. like people would leave their furniture out because they, had, <laughs> you know, they had stayed for a year and they were done. So they just put their furniture out on the front lawn. Bandai area. Bandai, yeah. And then I would walk to work at three, four in the morning to do a practice. And the whole area was was like littered with six foot giant vampire bats. And I was just like, this is the most fucking wow. terrifying beach resort I've ever been to. Wow.
2: You know, I never saw those. Yeah, there
1: beds. were... um it was really like, I just felt like they would follow me and from tree to tree, like I'd be walking along and they just like keep swooping in and following with me. And I thought they're just going to, I can take, take me off someday (laughs) back to their lair.
2: (laughs) What what year were you there?
1: Ah, so I got that call. I just got to San Francisco. So it must've been um, 2010, 2009. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So after your, <laughs> your body work course in Sydney, then where did you go? What did you do?
2: Um, I went, I, I thought about staying in Australia. Then I decided actually I was completely broke, completely broke at that time. Yeah. So then I, I had to go back to the UK and work for a little bit. Um, right. And I, I was teaching back in the UK um, and doing, doing some, um, you know, uh, massage and, and, and sports injury work right. um, for about a year and you know, when I when I left India the first time, after the first trip, I towards the end, if I I knew that if I stayed any longer, I was going to murder someone. Yeah. Was, <laughs> you I, see
1: that with the people that you, stay, like your friend Saskia, with, uh, <laughs> yeah, with Randy, Uncle, uh, <laughs> yeah, Kevin, you know, crazy. Olaf. They yeah. all lost their fucking minds. <laughs> yeah, you
2: you you do you do. Yeah. And so I was like, I would never. I I as soon as I got on the plane in, in 99, it was like ah. Oh, I could breathe again. It was like a sense of relief. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I and I, I swore I swore I would never go back again. I would never go back to that to that country, never again. But after you know, it was about a year and a half later. I started missing it. I was like, I'm missing India. I, yeah. Why am I missing India? This is yeah. this is very unusual. I hated yeah. it. And it. I hated really started, it. I want to go it started, do it again. So <laughs> <laughs> playing my mind, and so I decided that. You know, I had to go back. I, I didn't know yeah. enough. I need to learn more. I'm going to go back to Mysore. I'm going to stay in Mysore until I've learnt, you know.
0: Everything uh, there is, is to you know. know.
2: Six series, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and um, wow. I remember I went, yeah. I, went back, I went back and I remember landing in Chennai because I don't think there was any any flights to Bangalore. Very few to Bangalore at that yeah. time. I was, this is was in 2002. Yeah. And I landed in the, in the middle of the night and I took a taxi and uh, the taxi driver had been asleep in the, in the back seat. Yeah, and I got in the back seat, and it stunk of his body odor. Oh, wow. yeah. and, the, and the seat was sticky, and there was pollution, <laughs> you,
1: and there was the, you the know cows and the dogs again. You also smell badly to him, you know. Though, yeah, exactly, exactly,
2: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it goes
1: both ways. Oh, my God.
2: But it was, it was, it was funny. But I, all those smells that pollution, everything, um, including the taxi driver, I took a deep breath in, and I was like. It was like a it was like uh, a you know a breath of fresh air. It wasn't a fresh air, but it was like a breath yeah. of fresh air. It was like coming home.
3: Yeah. And I guess wow. India
2: is, it became that place to me. You know, it was yeah. it was like a home from home. Yeah. Um and so and then I stayed a long time. I stayed the next two or three years I, I stayed in much in Mysore. Right. And yeah. you were, you were
1: you could afford to live there by just doing treatments on the on the children of the students. <laughs>
2: my two uh, students I I had well I, I don't really well um, my grandfather was a very smart man very very smart man he, he becomes smarter by the day you know the different things he did but in terms of of his foresight so he, he bought some land and property for my brother and I when we were I was like I wasn't even born actually when he bought it um and wow. so I had a little bit of income like rental income coming in. Oh my god. Which which I know I could live um you know fairly in easily in 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 Yeah. In myself. See, yeah back, especially back in the day.
3: Yeah.
1: Farmer kids in the United States don't have that kind of <laughs> yeah. That's really You got to
0: think ahead for the future generation. Right? Right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. That's what I was talking about. That's really That's great. <laughs> They're just so, like So I was at most they like invest into a NASCAR and like, that's <laughs> very little
2: foresight. I mean, wow. So, so I was, quite I was lucky that I was in a position to, to do that. Um, So I enabled me to, yeah, to practice yoga and, and do a bit of self-study. Um, then, so when I went back the second time I studied with Patabi Joyce, um, yeah in the old shala so i was i was quite pleased that i always had the opportunity to study in the in the west yeah. the old old charlotte now of course yeah the Lachy- um, Lachy-Purum, home, Lachy-Purum, Lachy-Purum, yeah. yeah and yeah. then you was able to study with him in Gokulam. wow yeah then when they moved to the so i was there that year i think it was 2002 they had the organization in organization for the yeah old charlotte which is right rasta was the new charla, um <laughs> and uh and then they moved, they finished, I think, about August that year, didn't they? And then they um, started again in January the, the following year in 2003. That's
1: right. And I, I was that my first trip was the April of 2003. And it was, you yeah. could tell it was sparkling brand new.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I didn't want to make that trip. I was so used to just a small group of people. And I just I didn't like the idea of being with now 50 or 60 or whatever it was at, at right. that time. Yeah. um and so that time Sharat was teaching in saraswati's yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, old house um,
2: yeah. <laughs> in gokulam um in gokulam and he had, he had quite a quite small group maybe yeah. 12 to 20 people yeah. um uh, 12, 12 people i think could fit in the room or just yeah. over 12 or you 14 could fit in the room at one yeah. at a time so it felt like a, a similar atmosphere um yeah. and even in the old shala i perhaps a more connection to Sharat um wow. you know, in terms of uh, coming to adjust me and and kind of guiding me um w. Joyce generally ignored me um, apart mm. from the, the the one time he dropped me on my head um,
0: <laughs> you do um, have that in
3: common
1: We do
2: that was yeah. the... I think awesome. a lot of people do I yeah. I ruined you
1: you my back it um ah. he was doing back bends with me and <laughs> he had <laughs> and he had the idea that I given my stature as a practitioner I should be able to stand up by myself From the back bend, when you with your arms crossed, head on the ground, and I knew a couple people like Maya Heiss who could stand up from that position.
2: I've never seen anyone do it, but I remember my crazy back.
1: He had the idea. (laughs) He looked at me, and I thought, and he thought, "Oh yeah, this this one can do it." And uh, I fucking hell couldn't do that. (laughs) And I was I got about halfway up, and yeah, 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 and then he just like let go. And my, my head crashed on the ground. And David Swenson calls it the Batabi dribble. I dribbled <laughs> on the ground, my head, like a cantaloupe or a basketball. And, um, and I just I broke out laughing. It was the most ridiculous thing. It was just ridiculous that he had just done this to me. And he picked me up and he, and he glared at me. And I just looked at him as like, come on man <laughs> that's your fault and then he grinned and it was it was really hilarious and uh but my neck was never the same afterward and i olaf did some chiropractor on me in the in the hallway oh, okay. which is probably also a really bad some idea jungle medicine <laughs> jungle medicine you know kayamane. and um but finally your cousin fixed me
0: a real chiropractor <laughs> a real
1: chiropractor fixed me this is like 15 20 years later <laughs> your cousin gave me some neck stretches exercises he worked on me he said we can fix this we can fix this <laughs> and it's finally, i can look up now without pain for the first time in 20 fucking wow. years thank wow. you tabby joyce <laughs> yeah yeah mm,
0: sorry <clears throat> much energy and emotion tied to that head well,
1: dribble what, we, we, what we, happened to you yeah what you dribbled do <laughs> so you have a little bit of a dribble no mm. i so
2: i was you know i was stiff as a board so i wasn't i was only kind of starting i hadn't really finished primary when i went there i i was really struggling right. as as we all do or some of us do anyway <laughs> maybe not you guys <laughs> like with you know rich as d and and really struggling with those postures my hips weren't very open um and I was right at the end of the queue. So back then it was probably maybe 50 people, maybe 60 people studying at the old, old, old cello. Um And I was the last one in because I just turned up. And yeah. so I was the last one in the room that day. And I just kind of, I just did what I normally did. Just went through all the primary doing postures, which I certainly couldn't do. And then yeah. he he came along and decided he would backbend me, which <laughs> well, I was not well, well equipped or didn't have the uh, <laughs> facility to do. Um, and, ne- and to be honest, never done before. No one had ever done it. Right. And so I was like, and I'd heard stories about, you know, I hadn't heard your story um or people <laughs> being dribbled or David stories <laughs> being dribbled on the head, and I was absolutely petrified, absolutely petrified that he was going to kill me. Um, yeah, so he, he, so. He, we, we dropped back a few times, you know, arms across the like the, the half, or the
0: halfway one, yeah, yeah, yeah which we yeah. used
2: to do back then. Oh, and then and then he, uh, then we load all the way to the floor and he said, yeah. come up. And I completely panicked, completely panicked. Yeah. Looked up, which obviously threw right. my no. centre of gravity you even know, further behind. Up, man. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's his first time. <sighs> he, he let go and then fell on top of me. <laughs> and so, and so we, we're, we're both in a complete heap on the floor. Holy shit. He, 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 was, not he no. was not happy. No. He was not happy at all. No, bad man. So, bad man. Yeah, that well, that I, I think that was the last time he touched me. That was the last time. And then Sherat took over. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Grandpa. <laughs> um, yeah, like, yeah, no. Not yeah, this one. no more. <laughs> yeah, this
2: one's dangerous. <sighs> well, there was one there was one guy that I can't remember his name now. I actually, I even if I remembered his name, I wouldn't mention it. But he was practicing the show at the time, and every day he would drop him on his head. Every oh. day I would sit there and I'm like, what is yeah. going on? Why? And he would, he would, I could see, I could see him let the student go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he would stand tell up. the student off. He would he yeah, would yeah. tell the, the guy he could should stand be up. He standing
1: up by himself, yes. But he
2: could stand up, he, he would drop him, he, I don't know, what. what I have no just idea like, today was going Just like with his he arms like,
1: crossed, yeah, he was like, you should be able to stand up by yourself. Mm. Yeah, that, it's, it's a true insane. thing, you should be able to. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Just very strong
1: legs you know He's very like hmm.
0: horror stories for myself. yeah yeah well yeah. no one
1: you know oh. don't go to my sort of practice with tabby Joyce. that's our advice <laughs> no.
2: but it was it was self-predicted i was i was completely fearful of it happening
3: yeah
2: and i thought about it happening it during the time and it happened so
3: <laughs> yeah
0: talk about creating
2: your own your own kind of uh, future
0: <laughs> yeah well it's also pretty scary when it's your first time
3: doing it
1: <laughs> so. Um, uh, before we, we, we go on, I wanted to ask you about your experience um, studying with Peter Sanson, because you said some really nice things and that was kind of happening around the same time, I think.
2: Yeah, Peter, um, Peter I've known for many years, Peter was there that first I when in 1999, and to be honest, I don't remember him at all, um, mm-hmm. but I remember him, he said to me a couple of years later that I remember you and I thought you were going to die. <laughs> um because he, he essentially was watching me waste away you know what saying? Right. Uh, oh, when saying when you go to you go to mysore you go to india maybe not so much nowadays but certainly back then yeah, you're going know, you lose a lot of weight a lot of weight and and um i was not doing well i was skinny as anything i'd lost so much weight i was and always now... so
0: jealous of those people because mm. <laughs> i would go to india and i had the exact opposite experience ah, you, yeah,
2: okay i know a few people like yourself that happens to yeah,
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> i was like what <laughs>
2: it's funny isn't it it's so funny
0: i think it has to do with your constitution how well you handle carbs
2: yeah, maybe How yeah. Large then, your sweat glands.
0: No, are. I think carbs make some people skinny and they make other people not skinny. Yeah, yeah, <laughs>
2: totally, totally. Um, and so we're, we, I used we're to go to New a place New called New so. <laughs> Did you ever go to auntie's opposite? Um, of course, yes. yeah, of course, love spicy. Aunties. I,
1: I hired yeah. auntie to cook out of my home, and uh, so then I would have massive parties at my house. and... And Where, was your house?
2: Where was your house then? Because I remember someone doing this.
1: Oh fuck! Uh, it was um up the street uh, from the the, the
0: the the chaiwala.
1: The chaiwala. The there was a kind of um poor um. people's section of Gokulam that had a big um marble opening that they had built for the poor which was bizarre <laughs> and so i was up the street from that across from a park in nick evans's place that he had and i'd have auntie oh, cook, wow, that way okay and then yeah. i'd have auntie cook and uh, i'd have people come over and um i think people would pay you know like yeah, you know 20 20 30 rupees mm-hmm. but you didn't have to go all the way in town
2: okay you, you know i remember one of those yeah no i was i was wasn't particularly um i was quite unsociable in oh, many ways in that time I can around see that, that, that time especially in 2003 yeah. i became very unsociable i locked myself away a little bit and mm. so those kind of things I and you know you know um yeah after being there especially when the more the that you're there and i'm sure you guys can appreciate having spent a lot of time there it's such a transient community you know people there for a month and they go away and then they come back and, and new people come in yeah, and when don't. I was, I lived there pretty much, pretty much kind of three years straight, a couple of breaks of a month or two that I didn't. Yeah. And yeah. so I was really like, uh, you don't I got want very waste fed up. energy and time. Yeah. It's just the same questions and same conversation again and right. again. Um, not the, the bad people at all, really nice people, but I just, I couldn't be around it. It was, it was too much of me at that time.
1: Yeah. It's so funny because so that's I do remember, the premise I do remember of our you. podcast is we sit down, we ask the same questions, we ask the same <laughs> things about people. We have a different
3: get co-
0: different conversation every time. Right, but it's
1: a very transient community that we have here on <laughs> the
2: podcast. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I and remember, you remember living being, in
0: Lakshmipuram, I think, at that time as well, right?
2: And the the first, wait, what was I the first time? But the first time yeah, I was in Lakshmi luxury I stayed in one of the sand kelp buildings. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so the second time when I was studying in the, in the old, old shala, And then when we came back, I was staying. You know where Sask- Saskia used to live? Yeah. 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 Um, I stayed in that house for a while. Govinda oh. Kai had rented it, but he wasn't oh, there. Yeah. So I rented yeah. it from him. Yeah. And then I lived in the opposite house. Do you remember Bay? Batea? Yeah.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Bay, Bay. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. She was a friend of mine, so I stayed in that house for a while, yeah. Um and then I moved a little bit out t- more towards Brindavan Extension, a bit closer to where Brindy, Olaf. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's nice. Yeah, I to lived to out live. there near Olaf. Right? Oh, okay, okay, yeah. okay. okay. Um, but um, I, I, but P- I, I, Peter sent "Oh, sorry, go ahead." Yeah, back but, to Peter. Yeah, Sands Peter Sands. I just brought a, up
1: aunties <laughs> as well, and I was I didn't want to lose that thread.
2: No, that's that's yeah. Um, okay, going so he he saw me and auntie's essentially dying um <laughs> and then and then he um the next trip i made um that was in 99 then in 2002 i went back the next trip i made he turned up and i remember meeting this guy and i thought he's this, this guy is really nice this guy's really yeah. nice he would, he'd be there in the morning he'd be chanting he'd be waiting to go and he didn't like to practice early he always practiced at 5:30 he didn't like to practice at 4:30 um, and he, he was, he wised up to the spot, you know, there's certain spots in, in the old, old chala um, that were, he, were his preference that were the okay. best kind of best air or the map was, you know, not overlapping, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Um, and so he would, he would sit next to me and sometimes he let me go in first. And I, uh, originally I thought, oh, he's a nice guy. Let me go first. But actually he was letting me have a spot. He didn't want, but <laughs> yeah. anyway, he was always so friendly. He put you know, all right, mate, you know, how are you doing and, yeah you know, um, in a very lower voice um, because obviously yeah. practicing in Charlotte. He put my hand on my knee and he just felt like your best mate. Yeah. You didn't actually know. You'd never yeah, met him, but right. he was your best mate. That's very, very friendly. Yeah. Um, and then over the years, I've been fortunate enough to do some workshops with him in, in Barcelona a few times and um, uh, in London a few times and, and then met him in my many times over the years. But um, I was always blown away by his teaching in terms of how... Um, he could make you feel so special.
3: Yeah.
2: You know, he could make you feel yeah. that you were the only person in the room, that he knew exactly what you were doing, exactly where you were at, exactly what you needed. And he, to this day, he's, I still feel he's given me the best adjustment that I've ever had. Wow. And you know what it was? It was I was in Pasha and I was bending forward and he came back, came around uh, and stood just behind me and he massaged my shoulders. <laughs> and I just relaxed. You know, mm-hmm. instead of holding all that tension, I just soften. I was like, "What a great posture! What a what a great adjustment! Absolutely yeah. fantastic!" Mm-hmm. Um, so, just a great character, and I just love his his attitude towards the practice. It's the practice is there to, to serve us. Yeah. We're not serving the practice. We're not following this dogma. Yeah. He is totally into the long haul. He's always telling me, you know, how the he does what he can, but he. He, it's a lifetime practice. He's seen so many people over the years because he's one of the few practitioners yeah. that still goes back. He was just there now. He goes back every yeah. single year. Every yeah. single year he goes back. Um, and so he's seen people come and go over the years. People come, get broken, get yeah. disillusioned with the practice and disappear off. Um, and so I like it slow and steady. Slow and steady. Very kind of New Zealander yeah. kind of attitude, which, when, which I really appreciate.
1: When I met him in 2003, I became... I was I was I had the fortune to become friends with him and mm-hmm. it would became a thing to have tea in the morning at the uh, Gokul chats with him and it was really there was a, a nice group of, of mates there with like Rolf and Peter and Nick Evans and I, and I felt like a little 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 okay. younger brother little little boy who got to hang out I'll, with the I'll, old dogs our paths
2: must have crossed them because I yeah I know all those guys yeah right and yeah
1: he probably did hang out with us at Gokul chats yeah and <laughs> peter had was having really bad back pain in 2003 and he would he would come over and do rolfing with mitchell uh gold and i was hearing about his story and it and i was like this is a guy who was doing fourth series in mysore and now can barely do half a primary and it was like wow this is this could be my future you know that's amazing
2: <laughs> yeah he had he had he had some very um bad injuries when he was a kid yeah. so he had very severe very severe injuries um, working
1: on the fa- on the sheep farm
2: yeah sheep farm, sheep. i think it yeah i think it was he had a skiing accident as, as well water skiing accident and um, when he oh. really injured his back yeah. um, and, and that's how i think that's how he got into, into yoga but uh, maybe you can i was trying to persuade him to to do a, a video cast with me and he yeah. was like i don't do not do them I do not he just flatly refused he said maybe try me again if you can you know try and get him onto onto, onto your podcast how many yeah. yeah he's he's, he's the
0: nicest person on the planet that's yeah. what i always say about Peter. theater
1: every time i see him he's given me an invitation to come to new zealand to share sheep and so <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna do it someday i'm gonna go to new zealand and i'm gonna share <laughs> sheep wouldn't you like to shear a sheep sweetie yes
2: could <laughs> shear a sheep together I know it's your walk time
0: so how long did you live in Mysore for
2: so I lived um so I spent about three months So two, two months in 99 and then I went back for about three years in 2002 yeah to about 2005 um yeah. I stopped practicing ashtanga after a while because I, I injured my knee um yeah with a with a motorbike and um kick a motorbike i tore my meniscus oh. and um i just couldn't i kept trying to practice again and again and everything irritated my knee chronically um and i decided that i would just take a step back from it and that's how i started to um hear about dr Jag, um right. who we were discussing Discussing yeah, earlier,
0: <laughs> um, And
2: Saskia, Saskia Vidula was, yeah. was the, was the person who introduced me to her, but I had actually, I heard of him before as well, but I'd never been to him, but she said, I'll come, I'd go every afternoon, come and, come and meet him.
1: Yeah. So I was kind of
2: blown away by this guy. And, um, and so my focus shifted a little bit away from Ashtanga and more towards um, working in a clinical setting, studying um, or adding more skills to what I'd learned in Australia yeah. the Australian College of Natural Therapies um, and helping each day, but also up to, to help or work with people with some weird and wonderful conditions. What I loved about Dr. Jag's clinic is he would have every single condition under the sun, all sorts of health problems mm-hmm. and he would be able to treat them. He wouldn't necessarily every case fix them, but there yeah. was something that he could do to help. Um, yeah. And so I loved, I, I spent, you know, good, just over two years with, with him. Um, you
0: were like apprenticing
2: I apprentice. Yes, yeah. so I, I was there when he was there, I was there sometimes he would go away and I would stay in the clinic with the other people and, and help patients out. And then he would come back and I'd study more. Um, yeah, it was, it was a great experience. And he and just, was, he was like an
0: Ayurvedic doctor, right?
2: He he's a bit of everything. You know, he's, okay. his grandmother was, um, and I'm to get the story right. Her, his mother, his grandmother was, it was a midwife. Um, and so from a very young age, he was helping his, his grandmother and she would, you know, delivering babies and stuff. But she was also kind of a natural healer. I don't think she was classically Ayurvedically trained, okay. but she had an Ayurvedic um, knowledge and also an understanding of medicinal plants in India. She also right. studied with um, Krishnamacharya. Um, oh, and wow, he, yeah. he tells of he tells of stories of of him going with his grandmother and being in the room when he was very little and seeing Krishna Machara teach when he was still wow. still in Mysore, but um, he he was he was great. I learned a great deal from him.
0: Yeah, yeah, I remember. He was quite popular with with a cer- certain certain group of people.
2: <laughs> yeah, he was he he was int- he, he, he was not a fan of, of Ashtanga Yoga. No, he would. <laughs> any westerner come in with the back problem and knee problem he would go ashtanga yoga <laughs> and and shake his head completely disapprovingly and then yeah. the person would chop up and say no i don't actually practice ashtanga and go, oh okay uh, <laughs> 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 but there was there was there was a lot you know the, as, as we know not that Ashtanga is bad, but if it's not properly applied, then it can yeah. lead to to injuries. It's, it's not the yoga's fault; it's the application of it, which is is the problem half the time, yeah. or most of the time, really. And so we would get a lot of of, of casualties from from various shala's uh, yeah. in uh, Doctor Jack's clinic.
3: Yeah,
0: <laughs> and he really then it must have inspired you to like go back to school and continue learning. Then,
2: I t- totally yeah, I I learned so much from him, um, which I will be eternally grateful grateful for. Um, but I felt towards towards the end that there was gaps missing in my knowledge. Like I knew, yeah. I could see lots of different conditions, I knew how to treat them, but I wanted to understand the physiology, I wanted to understand the biomechanics, I wanted to understand the body at a deeper level, which he didn't have the training of. So he knew how to treat the body, but he couldn't necessarily tell me it was this particular muscle, this particular bone or this particular tissue. Um, and I, for some reason, I wanted that knowledge. I wanted a, a complete picture. Yeah. So I started looking into other, other courses, I looked at physiotherapy and osteopathy, I even looked at medicine and Chinese medicine. Um, but when I looked at the prospectus of chiropractic, um, it ticked all the boxes, all, all, the, all the, the different subjects that I wanted to learn, I was going to learn in this particular course um so it wasn't that i i like i was dying to become a chiropractor it was more that the chiropractic training was going to fill in the missing gaps in in, in my knowledge at that time right. so uh, right. i left india and, and and headed back to the uk in, in and went to college in bournemouth um okay. which is in dorset which we were talking about earlier Russell. yeah it is yeah.
0: yeah cool and then so how long did you study to be a chiropractor Before you just lived there and went to school full-time
2: uh, yes. Yeah, so I, I I had to do, a, I didn't have um, uh, any chemistry or biology, which are prereqs. So I did, I, I did a, I did a year, um, yeah. like crash course in those subjects. Um, and then did four years of, of training at chiropractic college. So I graduated in, in 2010.
0: Wow. And then you came back to Mysore. Is that true?
2: No, then, then, um, then I was, I was after chiropractic college, I was I've been so much in my head. I'm sure you guys experience that sometimes when, you, when you're studying, you know, when you're yeah. taking these extra courses. It's oh. so mentally stimulating, and perhaps yeah. sometimes a bit vata deranging, that mm. I just really wanted to, to get back into my practice um, and, and be still. And yeah. so I decided that I would go to, um, to Thailand. Oh. i have been to Thailand. Actually, we, I don't know whether you remember this. We, I bumped into in Thailand in... in it was in 2005 harmony yeah um you when you were you were practicing or i think you were assisting paul dallahan yeah, at the time yeah. and i it was at
0: the yoga thailand center with paul yeah
2: exactly and i was doing a fast with um right. hillary
0: yeah, yeah down the coconut charcoal coconut water charcoal fast
2: exactly and it was, <laughs> yeah. that was, that was i remember
0: day. now yes
2: yeah yeah, yeah. That was you a were great... very
0: skinny you're you're with bay right
2: Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So we did that, and you know that that was so that was end of my kind of three year stay in Mysore, pretty much. And we went to do this fast. They had done one before. Yeah. And um,
0: I totally remember you saying that too. You're getting rid of all the parasites from Instagram. I was
2: honestly, honestly. I, I mean, fortunately, this is only audio, and so you can't. But people can still imagine this. You should have seen what came out of me. It was shocking. Yeah, you
0: had big worms, right? Shocking. I, yeah. I had
2: so, so many parasites. It was yeah. honestly, it was Good absolutely God. laden. Yeah, it
1: um, seems it, like the kind of thing that would make you mad. Be...
2: It, it does, it does. It's funny
1: because
2: <laughs> Bay at the time, Bay at the time, she, she got me into these books on fasting. Yeah. And um, she loved this story about how parasites, they have this little tooth I don't know whether is true or not, but she just tell me the story. These <laughs> parasites have this little tooth, and it can essentially hook into your intestine, and yes. then it can just sit there yes. and essentially just gobble up the food. But at the same time, uh, they almost tap into your Tapped into
0: your nervous system, yeah. right? If I tap into your nerve, in yeah, exactly,
1: and have food <laughs> shoveled into me. Be... Exactly, uh, exactly. Live the next ten years like that. <laughs>
2: But it was it was fascinating because i went through there was one particular day maybe day five i've been shedding parasites and i went through um, continuously and then day five i was like i'm gonna die i am going to die and literally i felt like a part of me did and afterwards i was right reborn and then i shedded some more parasites and I, i'm convinced to this day that those parasites were like hardwired into my system and they oh, yeah, did he- something did die and then you i was were sharing I so
1: consciousness with a symbiote uh,
2: yeah i mean i mean it's <laughs> funny to think about it. yeah it's actually insane to think about but i i really do believe that oh wow. really god that.
0: that's incredible wow.
2: so i felt how long so much was the better. fast
0: again was it a 10 day fast i'm trying to remember how long I the i were.
2: it was 10 or seven days i, I can't remember yeah. which but i felt yeah. so much better afterwards but I was skinny, I, I guess I bumped into you kind of towards the end of it. Yeah. Super, super skinny. And the best thing, you know, the best thing that, one of the best things apart from, you know, getting rid of my unwanted traveler friends yeah. was the fact that I got rid of my tinnitus. I had chronic tinnitus for, for many, many oh. years and my tinnitus completely disappeared. No. Uh, it was It was awesome and I'll tell you a story because I went back to the UK after this um, and this was kind of towards September time and it was starting to get cold and I was trying to follow the raw diet that um, Hillary right. recommended and I was absolutely frozen. It, it was yeah. so cold.
1: You do get cold on that.
2: And then we were trying to renovate a barn on the farm and I was completely weak with I was absolutely useless. My brother was doing all the work. I was just sat in a heap just trying to lift, you know, i <laughs> passed in the hammer or something. I couldn't lift anything. I was... <laughs> I was just so weak and skinny because I'd been on this fast, completely yeah. wasted away.
1: That's and, um... do yoga, see the world, travel, <laughs> learn all these ancient <laughs> tantric principles, you know, really get to know the true self. Do you want to, do, do you need a hammer? I <laughs> just barely lift this hammer. Yeah,
2: so, go on. It was totally so like that. So I, I thought, like, I can't follow this raw diet anymore. I cannot do it. I'm literally dying. So I thought I'll have some miso soup. So I had miso soup and it was absolutely, it was the first warm thing I'd had for, for years or months. Oh rather. my and, God. And uh, absolutely delicious. And I thought, like, I'm so good. I'd have another bowl. Had another Stuff bowl. This. And that day my tinnitus came back and I've never got rid of it since.
1: Oh, oh my all, man. That's not a good that's not a happy ending to a story. No, it wasn't.
2: So I'm sure it's <laughs> and then they talk about not that they not understand fully why has happened. Some you know, some theories around neck issues, um, yeah. other issues around um minerals and metabolites and, and uh, yeah. uh, uh electrolytes in the system. <coughs> so I'm pretty sure it was some kind of fluid fluid change taking that much sodium right. in the in the miso kind of threw things off. So oh. Yeah, but I've done fast since then and it's never gone back.
3: No.
0: I've it's never,
2: never gone away. Never gone away. Yeah. You uh,
0: gotta go back to Hillary.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so sorry, I, I digress completely. I do apologize. That's
0: amazing, though. That's no. that's really fascinating.
1: These these digressions are why we have people on the show. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so I went back after chiropractic college. I wanted to go back and I wanted to do another fast. So I went and hey. did another fast. And yeah. um it wasn't quite as dramatic i didn't get rid of my miso uh, so i didn't get rid of my tinnitus um, yeah. <laughs> and i started I, I was learning yoga there and i went to um yeah just just studying yoga just immersing myself back into my practice you know walking um i had this amazing little um hut um I, I yeah amazing little hut up on the hill i could look down the sea just hot at the time just beautiful food um, i'd walk around naked and just you know meditate and i was just like in the, in the yeah. forest kind of thing just just fantastic yeah.
0: this is in thailand
2: did you this is in thailand this is in in copenhagen did
1: you so paint I yourself in the ash to keep yourself warm <laughs> no it's warm least. in thailand because yeah. the ash no, is warming you understand it's very no, insulated.
0: thailand's so nice so oh, you, you just like that? lived a, like a sadhu in on copenhagen
2: Kind, kind of, kind of, yeah. yeah. Just did I you just, say
1: that you were with Bertay? No, no, this not, is
0: a different time. Not as an item. No,
1: no, different time. So, were you attracting a lot of females walking nude in the? <laughs> no, no one could see me. Actually, um, I
2: got the idea. I got the idea from uh, there was a uh, another English girl just on the above, and she would walk around naked. And she apologized. Sometimes you might see me naked. Please, um, uh, please excuse me. And then she left. <laughs> Um, and then I thought I'm, I, I should take up this ritual that she started. Yeah, right. um, it's very That's liberating. the
1: first thing we think of.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I should take up this ritual.
2: Yeah, I think I'll go
1: naked because it needs. We need a naked, a, new, a nudie. Yeah.
0: And so then, then what happened after that?
2: So uh, I was there. I was there for about um, I was there about six, seven months, and after about five, four or five months, um, I did some pranayama. Like I just on practice. your own no I, I was doing i was i went to a class and okay. i studied pranayama with with um, bns yeah. many years ago um um and i kind of liked the practice but i would never really got into it you know asana and, and meditation was still my kind of main thing and i took this pranayama class and i was like wow this is this is this is amazing there's something to this but how this teacher is teaching is horrible this is not oh. correct and it wasn't. It wasn't. This is not. I, I shouldn't say that. Really, it's not a slur to the teacher. It was more. This te- This practice is so powerful. I need to find a master. I just instinctively yeah. knew. I. I had to find a master in it. So I'm like, who, where was do I go? Fellow,
1: was this fellow going a bit too deep?
2: Uh, the, no, it was just too shallow, and it was. we were all doing ah. the same thing, oh, and I was okay. like, well, we should be doing this. I should be doing something different. I think than this person. It was, yeah. I just instinctively knew it.
1: Right. Um, not that
2: I knew why or, or anything else about it, but I just knew that I had to find a, a, a real master.
3: Yeah.
2: Um. And so I was scratching my head what to do. And then suddenly I remembered Paul Dallaghan, we've, who we've already yeah. mentioned, Koh um, And I remembered back in the day when, you know, around 2003, 4, 5, yeah. he was coming to my soul, but then he would disappear off sometimes yeah. um, secretly to another yeah. teacher who yeah. he told me about. Um, yeah. And he was telling me about how he used to get him to drink milk and ghee and these different yeah. practices and learning pranayama um and i meant ah this guy maybe this this is the person that i should should uh, study with so i contacted paul um and he said gave me his name it was shriopi Tuari tuari g yeah. um he, said, he didn't teach much now but um you know if you go there and show willing who knows i thought well let's go let's go and show willing and then we turn up um so <laughs> A couple of months later, I just went, I, I booked myself into Klaibadema, Um yeah. just In Lonavala? In Lonavala, uh, in, in, in India. Yes. Yeah, so um, beautiful little ashram. Um, and just signed up for like, they do different kind of rejuvenation kind of programs, an Ayurveda or um, naturopathy program. Yeah. It wasn't a, a specific course with G, but I hoped that I would wander around the campus and one day I'd bump into this man yeah. or I could get an audience from him. Yeah. Or, or even actually at the time, I just thought maybe I would be able to learn from his students. Maybe one yeah. of his students could teach me something and, and that would lead to, to the path I wanted to. So after about four or five days, I wasn't very satisfied with, with what I'd been taught Pranayama-wise, I knew something was still missing. And so I, I went to the office and I said, can I speak to uh, Tawariji, please? And he said, oh, she said, oh, okay, yeah, no problem. So they led me into the office and it and it was like, this isn't Touariji and it was his son, it was Sabod. I went to the right, wrong office.
3: Subod, yeah. And then I said, Oh, I was
2: I, was, I was sorry, I'm so sorry. I was trying to find your father. And he said, Oh, no problem. And he called him up uh in his office, he said, Oh, yeah, come down. So I went down straight away to to Tuariji's office, knocked on the door, and said, Oh, hi, I um, I'd really like to learn some some, some pranayama with you. Um an old friend of mine, Paul Dallahan, he's just oh Paul, Paul, he is my student. Um, yeah, very, very happy, oh, yeah, and then he started talking about Paul. <laughs> um, and he said you know I, I just really want to learn pranayama i really want to learn is there anything you can teach me just thinking you might give me you know two minutes of his time and he kind of looked at me up and down and then he yeah. said look you know he said look i am here now i am here now next 10 days if if you if you want to stay i will teach you something i can meet you in the morning and i will teach you something yeah and i was like oh that'd be fantastic it's so fantastic so the next week or 10 days can't remember exactly how long it was now he would meet me each morning and we would he would you know slowly build my practice and i you know i knew that oh, this is this is my teacher yeah. this, is, cool. this is this is this my you know and as i as i talk about it now every time i even mention his name i get goosebumps yeah. um cool. sometimes i start crying because yeah. he's just he's just been such such a wonderful human being yeah, um so but pure. he's also just such a no- knowledgeable knowledgeable teacher and he's guided me so so well over the over the years i'm extremely extremely grateful that my paths have crossed
1: you wrote here that you so usually see him three to four times a year and you have done for the last 10 years
2: yeah so this was in in 2011 i met him for the for the first time Incredible. um and then because uh, back then I after, after Thailand and that trip, I, I started spending more time in India again. And then I moved back to Mysore from about 2014
0: to 2019. Yeah, wow.
2: So Mysore was, was was you know, it wasn't particularly easy. It was still about a 10-hour round trip. But I would go yeah. every few months just for a couple of days just to get my pulse checked. Um, Toraji yeah. would check your pulse and see how imbalanced you were and see if you have been practicing or not.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, get a little bit of guidance, um, and off I trot again, and 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 you know, be very content in what I needed. You know, I, I was, I felt that just that you know one or two days with him would allow me to, to practice another four or five months or whatever it was before I would see him again. That's
1: yeah. so terrifying because I, I I can't imagine getting my pulse taken and being told that I'm it's there's too much hot sauce in my diet. Really. <laughs> I would i would just i think i would just end it really i would just <laughs> commit you know yeah. seppuku mm. <laughs> out of out of honor yeah. You know? oh, he's
3: yeah
0: amazing such an amazing teacher and so he just know things right away about you <laughs> you're, you're yeah taking a
1: hot sauce yeah i said yeah i'm taking hot sauce to <laughs> you must stop and i'm like oh no
0: once once i <sighs> when he was staying in thailand and i was living there too and he would come and teach retreats you know and do like two week retreats and different trainings there um everyone was like making chai in the afternoon because he always likes to take afternoon chai and so one day someone says oh it's harmony's turn to cook the chai on a previous podcast we talked about how much i love cooking (laughs) which which is is like not at all all. (laughs) I was like, I don't want to make the chai. That's I just a... want to like sit and like
1: take you know the chai. take satsang
0: with Tawari. I don't Have want to someone make someone
1: else I... serve her is what she prefers. But
0: you know, I like put on the happy face.
3: Oh yeah, good. I'll
1: make That's... the chai, <laughs> <laughs>
0: and then
3: Fine.
0: um and I made the lemongrass chai. You know, just everything the way that he likes, and uh, brought it out and served everyone the chai, and then. <laughs> he drank some of it he drank some more and then he said hmm this this is very good but I can tell there was a little um I forget the exact word he said something like
1: nervous tension no
0: no it was it was such a good word it was like uh um like, you felt compelled to make this. <laughs> like, <laughs> was no- it, wasn't, it wasn't made out of, <laughs> <There> like,
1: <laughs> yeah, like, it wasn't made out of the goodness of love. your heart. It no. was made because
0: uh, you felt you had to.
3: <laughs> yeah. I was so like,
0: good. no, no, and he's just laughing, and he's like, mm, yeah, I can, I can taste it. It's in there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. When, when did you first meet, Dwight, do, I do-
0: uh, I first met him in 2004. Nice. So that was like one of my main reasons for going to Thailand. I mean, I was also hired to run the retreat center and to teach when Paul was in Mysore and to, you know, run some retreats and to help on his teacher trainings. But um, when I had met Paul in 2004, he had shown me sort of the beginning of a pranayama practice. Cause I also was like, I really want to learn pranayama. I want to learn mm. from a teacher. And so Paul guided me in the beginning of the practice. And then he said, you should come to yoga Thailand and, and learn from Tawariji. And I was like, yes. And also um, Stephen Th- Thomas,
1: Stephen Thomas, yeah. he, he was, was in
0: Mysore that same time. And he had learned from Tawariji in, in Thailand yeah. as well. And so he had said, Oh yeah, you got to go, you got to go meet Tuari. And so, that was like what really like brought me there was this desire to meet Toari and to really learn from this teacher who was like, you know, a real guru, no. a real teacher of Franayama. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. yeah.
2: Oh fantastic.
0: Yeah. yeah. And then it just kind of carried on from there. We hosted him at our school, our yoga school in Victoria twice.
2: Oh wow. Yeah, it oh, was great. really nice. So. Oh amazing. Yeah, so but it's good. been
0: it's been a while because I haven't been back to India for quite a while. And of course, once you have kids, it's yeah, it's more difficult time. to travel and get there. And also, yeah, especially when I had my son in Mysore, it was just too much. It was too big a trip. And the risks are too high if you leave the bubble, you know, of getting sick. And when you have like a two year old with you, you're like, yeah, I, just, I can't take that risk right now.
3: For
2: sure.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah but we still would we would still connect in different ways so
2: nice very nice yeah
0: yeah it's been nice actually with the pandemic he's been teaching some courses online um, yes through the yeah. Dome, so it's been nice to be able to see him online at least and connect yeah, that definitely. Way the last little bit yeah yeah i
2: mean yeah i've, I've missed it the last It's is the longest period i've not seen him now since i've since i first met him yeah. Uh, with the pandemic but actually i'm, I'm really excited we, uh, on monday we go back to india and um oh, i wrote him a few weeks ago and said oh can i come and see you? And he said he'd be in rishikesh um he's so sweet he's so generous with this this time he's, you know he's obviously got yeah. so much he can do yeah. um he's like oh yes you're most welcome please yeah. come and so yeah. Yeah, we're meeting him uh next week so i'm so excited to, to oh, see him again. Oh, so so nice.
0: yeah, yeah i saw his house in rishikesh we were there too
2: Oh, fabulous. Yes, yeah, it's a nice it's place. Lovely. Yeah. He's very happy when he's there. He's very happy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's beautiful.
1: You no, know, reading through the bio and the, the, the things <laughs> that we that you've sent us, it's it's what's a real thread through all of it is is your dedication to learning. And it's really like like watching a a doctor who's who goes back for a residency or goes back for a fellowship and goes back for to study something else. It's like, and then Twenty-five years goes by, and you've just been, (laughs) you know, studying and learning the whole time. It's really, it's really impressive to see. Like, like there's this whole piece here about the three years that you apprenticed with Dr. Jag and my. We talked about that. Oh, you already talked about that. It's just phenomenal, (laughs) like how much, you know, how much you've done and studied.
2: Um, Yeah, it's been. I feel like I've been really, really really, there's a lot of reallys, but really lucky in terms of the people who I've come across in my lifetime. I feel like I've come across, you know, amazing teachers with amazing knowledge and have been kind of up here in terms of, of what they can do. So mm-hmm. for example, Dr. Jag, the knowledge that he had, um, I don't mention my chiropractic uh, mentor, Dr. Ian Rosper, um, who I've gone to see many times in, in Australia. Um, his knowledge is again up here Twari G um, it was Dr. Ed at the, uh, the Australian college that I studied with so I, I feel like I've always been inspired by, by great people mm-hmm. um, and always had a target to. so I've never been able to or never felt the need to rest on my laurels because I could see that I needed to get much further mm-hmm. Yeah, if I wanted to achieve what they achieved there was lots more to do um so I guess that's been an inspiration to, to to keep studying um and uh yeah I know I, I do enjoy learning I, I guess in the last especially in the last couple of years especially since we left India and got a bit stuck in terms of we were supposed to move to Australia and, and things didn't work out there um I haven't learned so much from people a little bit to be honest actually um it's more been studying it's more like reading research papers and and, and learning other areas of of, of health in the human body, which I perhaps wasn't exposed to before, so I, I do enjoy learning. I do appreciate that, and I do. I, I mean, I, to be honest, I love just getting my mat every day yeah. and learning again. You know, there's always yeah. something, something new to to discover on the mat each day, which is it was a great beauty of of, of consistent practice. I think.
1: Yeah. To, did you talk about his knee injury? Did you, did you we didn't probe go that? Into it, no. No, you, it was interesting you <laughs> That's what to, took
0: you to Dr. Jag though.
1: But you you asked yeah. you asked uh, you asked him in a, in the bio, you know, what what broke him and what changed his idea about practice. Yeah. And I thought that was a really interesting answer.
2: Yeah. so I yeah, um so I was this was in early 2003. Um I was, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I was really trying to Um, I was thinking that I need to at least complete primary series and maybe you know get well way through intermediate series before you know I should be be teaching ashtanga properly you know um, or you know get authorised as as you do then or did then and and do now Um, and I was really into my practice it was just you know I guess you guys maybe had the same experience, you know, when you go to my store, it's literally go and practice, then you go home and you relax or you sit by the pool and you do absolutely nothing, Mm -hmm. preparing yourself for the next day of practice, everything else to one side. So my kind of life was, was kind of like that. Um, And then I injured my knee. So I I went to buy, I wanted to buy a little scooter because I knew I was living there and I didn't want to rent a scooter all the time. And I went to buy a scooter and this guy said, Oh, actually my friend's got a motorbike for sale oh I don't know. let's let's have a look let's have a look mm. and it was it was this beautiful golden motorbike yeah. um it was called the enticer it was a yeah, yamaha enticer, enticer. Yeah, I've seen actually it. paul Paul dallahan bought it off yeah. me uh, a few yeah, years later
0: yeah he had his enticer that's right <laughs> exactly that,
2: that was mine so um so I, I got it and it was really designed for uh, an indian individual or an asian individual with small feet and i've got massive feet i've got size yeah. uh it's american 13 Jesus. Um, which which that bike does it's not enormous. suit. Yeah. It's, it's quite big. It's quite. And it's not, people no, do have bigger can, feet, but I, I find can't it quite. Imagine how
1: uncomfortable that is for your wife as well. It's a shame. <laughs> <laughs> oh my
2: god. Um, moving on uh, well she
1: has to you know the work that she has to do to find you feet footwear mm.
3: okay okay yeah. that's, yeah, right. that's what i meant,
1: that's what I meant. Yeah, it's just such a
2: hardship so i was on this i had this motorbike and it had a kickstart no electric start and i kickstarted one day and as i brought my foot down my heel hit the exhaust pipe um oh, yeah. the foot would have just said bye and um, it just jammed my knee and tore my meniscus. And so ah. it just changed, it just changed um, my practice overnight. So I just went from being able to do lots of things and pretty much going towards, you know, just not quite standing up for back bends, but doing all of primary series. I'm um, just waiting to stand up. And I was kind of close, I guess, at that time um, to barely be able to do anything. Right. And I think that the thing that perplexed me most was the, the fact that the practice not only could I do the practice, which was annoying, of course, um, as you can appreciate, but the practice just irritated it.
3: Right, yeah.
0: And I and I tell this
2: story many times in terms of, you know, I was doing full primary, and so I thought I'd just do less. So I just started cutting postures. <laughs> one day after the next, I started cutting postures again and again and again, and then I was talking to Shrat, so what should I do? I just cut that posture out as well. I was just cutting them. And then in in the end, I, I stood on my mat one day and – i'd cut every posture out apart from sun salute a because all thing. i had left and yeah. so i i did sun salute a and my knees still hurt and i thought well what this...
0: what's, left?
2: what's left it's just it was just burning there's absolutely yeah. burning and i and i and it practicing asana is one thing but when you can't walk when you can't go up yeah. a step without wincing or without like holding on to something or without coming with coming back with your knees irritated yeah. Um, then it's like something I'm not doing right here because I, mm. I had this tremendous belief even back then uh, even 20 years ago that, that yoga could fix everything mm. maybe it can't maybe it can't fix everything but I believe it, it could yeah, yeah. At, at that time and I still enlarged largely that it can um, and so I thought there's something wrong either with my application or with the, with the system
3: right
2: um, with the Ashtanga and so I guess when I that led me to, to Dr. Jag and learning more about the body. But it also, when I went to the clinic at Dr. Jag's, um, I was seeing all these patients that could barely move, You know, really a bad disc problems, sciatic problems, uh, people in wheelchairs, people paralyzed, people with polio, people with all sorts of different conditions. And I was like, well, if I was gonna apply the Ashtanga system to them, if I was gonna apply primary system, there's nothing they can do, they can't actually do sun salute a they can't actually stand up right. so there had to be something before that there had to be some kind of therapy movement therapy that they did initially which then might lead them perhaps to more right. um, ashtanga based work or sun salutes or standing poses but there had to be mm-hmm. something before that and dr Jag, um he was he was very he was a bit of a master at that in terms of um developing developing movements for certain uh, conditions which yeah open my eyes up to, to therapeutic movement and help me a great deal in understanding how I can start working with my body again in a different way to, to create healing.
1: It's so fascinating to me because I, I, I do sympathize with the, the plight of this prac of this practitioner. And it's, it's a kind of practitioner that you mentioned who um, is addicted to practice and is addicted to an orthodoxy of practice for whatever reason. And perhaps they're, they're just super hyper focused on their, on achievement. And they have a particular ambition towards six series, or, you know, Mm. maybe at least finishing third and getting a certification and they have to practice. Even if the way that they are practicing is fundamentally incorrect for their, um, their particular physiological pattern. And they're, they're going to continue doing it wrong until they're just in their their bodies falling apart, and that happened I think to me as well. And I had to really sit down with a therapist and say, "Look, this is this is not working, and you have to do this a completely different way if you're going to walk again, or you know live without pain." Is what I mean. Mm. Can you talk more about that? About how often you saw that you saw Ashtanga practitioners coming to you who just were just so thick-headed they just couldn't wrap their head around doing it differently
2: um I did all the time all the time <laughs> and i guess I, I the thing that intrigues me most around it was that they had the they always had the belief that they couldn't let their teacher down
3: mm. right
2: and it's not the teacher and i and i i've heard other stories from other people um, and a good friend of mine Rafa was talking about this the other day um, mm. we have a men's group and, and Rafa was talking about this and he, he's Rafa I'm sure you won't mind me mentioning this that he's, he's had a lot of back problems and he, yeah. he's really struggled at times and he's had some uh, back operations and Shrat always said to him just do whatever you can do just do yeah. whatever you can do even if you come to the into the into the Charlotte and you just just sit there or you just do any movement you can do just just do it Whereas so many more people have, have had the attitude that oh I can't I have to keep practicing because I let my teacher down or mm-hmm. um, he, I'm not allowed to do that I can't change that this is this the system and I was like this is this is not this is not yoga first of all and this is not what they're saying I, I don't know where the miscommunication comes in sometimes or the misunderstanding with many practitioners yeah they really get caught in this in this dogma that it has to be you know the step by step by step, and nothing yeah. can change, and you're in pain, and that's part of the process, yeah. and it's an opening. I just, you know, recently it was actually last year. I had a a, a guy who who I I helped in Mysore a few years ago, he fell from a motorbike, um who was practicing ashtanga at the time, and then he, he moved to a different country and he was practicing with a very well known teacher, and. Um, he had all these shoulder issues had developed this really bad shoulder condition and his teacher said it's just an opening it's just an opening just keep practicing just keep practicing we've heard
1: that a thousand times
2: and (laughs) um and then when he started to doubt it when when this 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 uh, patient of mine started to doubt the teacher the teacher said you're you're weak in your mind that's the problem You've uh, yeah. weakness I've in heard, your mind i've heard that once or twice yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so you know it just it just got to a point where he was just in so much pain and just so fed up he went for a scan he he'd completely stuffed his shoulder up he had a label tear he had descitis, yeah. he had yeah. rotator cuff tears yeah. Uh, yeah bicipital tendonitis you name it his shoulder had it um yeah. and i just thought it's just that's just stupidity to tell someone <laughs> like that to work through it it's just it's just i guess it, I, I mean everything comes down to ignorance whether you're a, a, a student pushing yourself through a physical pain or a teacher yeah. telling the student to push yourself through physical pain it comes down to, to, to you know ignorance which is yeah uh, a rude word in, in some ways but uh, i always remember you know i'm you guys have ever done vipassana meditation yeah, yeah. Um, oh. Going for G, often when you, in the video discourse, he talks about, you know, uh, I can't remember the exact situa- situation he talks about, but someone comes along and they're angry at you or, and they start to give you trouble. And then you, with the practice, you slowly start to realize, ah, they are ignorant. Mm. Yeah. They, yeah, they don't understand, they don't fully really understand, and you don't need to get involved in that. You can step back from it. Yeah. yeah. Because you understand it. But ignorance is a is a is a terrible thing. Um yeah. and we're all ignorant to a certain extent, aren't we? Of course. For sure. Yeah. I mean
0: it's the first Klesha, vidya, right? The yeah. ignorance and out exactly. of exactly out of ignorance, out of vidya, this confusion about what's real and what's not real and mm. what really matters and what's true and what's eternal and what's not, right? Is comes exactly. all the other Kleshas, which is like ego yeah. and our personalities and our likes and our dislikes and clinging to life and fear of death so yeah it's mm. the it's the main thing that we're all suffering from mm. on one level or another right and that's that's yeah. always the interesting thing for me with yoga is is like you know we know things that we don't know we know things that we know but we don't know we what don't we don't know. know and we have these yeah. blind spots right
2: exactly. <laughs> that we
0: think, exactly oh yeah i know i know all there is to know but no we don't <laughs> And then all of a sudden you have those aha moments of like oh you you're faced with it like oh I really like misjudged that or I really didn't see that you know
2: <laughs> totally totally it's
0: amazing mm-hmm. I mean I think that's the whole magic of the yoga is that like you know they would say like in the yoga sutras, like, you know, the unveiling of the light around the heart or something, you know, like Mm. the light, the dawning of the light of knowledge, I think is really like stepping into that space of, of like, Oh, like seeing your blind spots, seeing all those places where that ignorance is still like really strong. Mm.
2: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's great. The yoga for that, isn't it? Yeah. We learn so much as you mentioned that like the sutras we get insights, um, and from the asana, the pranayama, the meditation, all these different things, there's, there's so much to learn and so much opening your eyes to, yeah. the, to the world and yourself that has to be worked through. I think yeah. that I think if we, just to go back to that, that point in terms of what I've seen before, I think that that one of the things I've seen so often is the identity. I am yeah. an Ashtangi and I, right, I did yeah. a I did a little short video cast with Eddie Stern. I know you did a uh, yeah. uh, 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 a podcast with him recently, I've not listened to you yeah. I, mean, I must do that, but um, Eddie summed it up really, really well in terms of that he would never call himself an Ashtangi. Right. Why would you want to identify with something so strongly in case, you know, because if you do, if, if that no longer fits, what are you going to do? And I think that's what mm. happens to so many people. I am practicing, I'm an Ashtangi, I can do second, third series, whatever it is, or even just half a primary, this is what I can do. And I can't go back from there. Backwards is the evolution, forwards is the evolution. <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: um, and, it's, and it's a kind of a misconception, um, but it's, it's a hard one. It's a hard one. I think we've Jeez. all gone through it, whether it be with our Ashtanga practice or our personal life or professional life in different ways when something has to change. When I was no longer a golfer, I'm no longer golfer. And I lost identity yeah. for many years until I became a chiropractor. Now I'm a chiropractor. <laughs> yeah. I, have, I have some identity. But if yeah. I stop chiropractic, then then what am I? Yeah. Um, it, it kind totally. of, yeah, kind of it's
0: beautiful though. But again, that's like totally taking us back to the essence of yoga, right? Which is realizing mm. that at the at the very heart of it, you are nothing, right? <laughs> yes. You're not a chiropractor, <laughs> you're, you're, co- not an Sweetie. Shungi, Sweetie, you're not a You're not even like this body, like Sweetie, no you're, body, no Sweetie, mind. Your like consciousness. Yeah, but you know, like yeah. you know, that you're doesn't at least that. Yeah, but that doesn't mm. have like like a label attached to it. It's infinite.
1: It's paramatman is a pretty good, pretty good one. No, but like like the experience
0: of that. I am paramatman. The tragedy of stripping away all of those things that we attach ourselves to, all those labels, all those identities right it's it's traumatic it's like that little death that happens mm. where you're like oh my god
1: but <laughs> well, that's why you should Absolutely walk around dramatic. in the nude is strip off <laughs> as much as you can yeah
0: and yeah. yeah but then to. you be, might be attached to your body and at the end of the day you're no body either right
2: exactly exactly
0: and and i i always find it so interesting because you can you think through the ashtanga yoga practice that you're becoming less attached to your body because you're like you know, able to transcend pain thresholds or you're able to, you know, put your body into these crazy positions and you're breaking those limiting beliefs in your mind about, oh, I can do this and I can't do this.
3: That sounds good.
0: Yeah. And (laughs) I think to a certain extent, right? Sure. You're, you're kind of transcending that attachment to your body a little bit, but then there's this really, kind of sneaky, slippery thing that happens with our ego, right, where we then get attached to this new body Mm. and this new way of being. And, Mm. and, and again, we're back in the same trap. Now yeah. we're attached to our new body and yeah. our new abilities and our new totally. way of being. <laughs> and all you have to do is start losing those. Like you're saying, right. And then you're, you know, at Surya Namaskara and you can't even do that. And you're like, well, what's left. What, the, what <laughs> am I, what, what am I exactly. now? Who and you realize like how attached to your abilities in your body you became. Right.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And yes. it's, it's,
0: yeah. Like you say, and it's not linear, like it's always this sort of unfolding and it's also like, like a spider web of, of possibilities. And I think for Westerners, it's so hard because we see progress and we see development and advancement in a very linear fashion. Like, yeah. Right. Our, we're just programmed that way. And yeah. it's not like that. It's, it's like a flower, like opening, you know, it's.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I was chatting to, uh, chatting to a patient the other day and who, who's having um, back issues for, for many years and I guess she was frustrated at the times that, you know, she felt like she's improving and then she yeah. regressed. Yeah, Felt like she's improving and then she regressed. And said, this, is, this is the pattern that you, 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 you will probably follow, You know because yes. um, you know, you're, the, the problems that you have are so severe, you, it's not gonna be just like getting better, 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 better. You know, some days you'll feel great. And those are the days that you can build, you know, so, and yeah. you can relate this to Ashtanga practice. You're feeling flexible and strong you can find some advancement and other days you're tired. And so you pull back a little bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you kind of respect your body and you take it a bit easier. Maybe don't do some vinyasas or do less practice and other days you're in pain and then you pull back even more. Yeah. And then you get slowly still to heal and then you start to progress again and, 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 and get more strength and more flexibility, but it's not a linear uh, (laughs) process as as, as you're saying, which we often, often uh, don't see.
0: Yeah. then you get frustrated when it's not right. But if you just realize it's not, then it's like, okay, it's okay. Tomorrow is another, another thing, another day, another beginning.
2: Yeah. (laughs) And there's something, and there's something to learn from it.
0: Yeah. And I love like, yeah, I love that you brought up, you know, the Vipassana because I always, (laughs) you know, when you're in those 10 day retreats, those words like go in so deep because they're your Mm. only source of stimulus. Yeah. (laughs) But I always, uh, I always hear like a wankuchi's voice in my head, start again, Mm.
3: start
0: again, (laughs) right? It's like your 10th hour of meditation that day. And you're like, whoa, okay, I guess I'll just start from the beginning. Yeah. (laughs) Here we
2: go. It's, It's just like that. Just like that
0: back on the ride
1: <laughs> well speaking of which we should probably let this gentleman back to his family yeah, we'll and his, tell everyone. his beautiful wife, <laughs> beautiful Tara wife Mita, friend of the show
0: yeah and tell everyone where they can find you because you're doing all kinds you have so many courses online and you're doing all kinds of workshops this summer what's what's coming up for you
2: yes yeah, so we um uh, Tara and I were teaching some workshops we've been a few places already had a quite a busy um last month we are the next thing we're doing is um I believe our retreat in Sicily um in the beginning oh, of September. Yeah. Um nice small retreat um up on, on Etna where we currently live. Mm. Um yes. and then we're in Cork. We are going to I was going to Finland and Madrid, and then we're just planning another workshop in uh in Trieste in Italy in November. Very so so we're doing those and then um, aside from that i'm doing a lot of online stuff online consultations so i, I kind of specialize in helping yoga practitioners with with injuries uh, and figure out how they can navigate those using yoga as a therapy um, and then also have online courses so one of my specialties is is teaching anatomy in relation to yoga um, so i have a number of courses which help, the, help the, the teacher particularly understand the body and then yeah. apply that knowledge because knowledge is not very useful unless you can apply it. So I'm not a big believer in, for example, teaching a bunch of names of muscles, yeah. which don't actually mean anything. It doesn't, yes, you know which muscle you're stretching, but does it actually help you understand how the body works and how to, to work with different bodies and how to fix problems, how to look at an individual and identify where they're imbalanced um, and need rebalancing. Um, so i have a number number of courses which which i have on, on my platform more than anatomy yeah.
1: Yeah. and your platform is called more than anatomy is that more than or something like that
2: more than yeah. lovely
0: beautiful well i yeah. hope some people study anatomy with you because you have such a vast experience of so many different traditions and techniques and like jungle medicine (laughs) and the pranayama of course which is so interesting from like just a you know physiological perspective as well like balancing you know our doshas and our energy it's
3: it's it's so
1: fun it's so fun to to get to know you because we've been in the same town for decades and I haven't really ever, same village and (laughs) I've never really, I've never really met and but I feel like I've known you the whole time. And so it's really a pleasure Mm. to actually sit with you and talk.
2: We'll have to, you'll have to send me a photo of what you looked like in 2003, four. I had, I did have some hair then. I had a, I I had
1: a Mohican at that time. (laughs) (laughs) A Mohawk Mohawk, as they call it in in North America. Yeah. But I was sporting a Mohican. I will. I may may
2: recognize you. I may. (laughs) Ah, that's the Russell. Yeah, that's him. Yeah. Mm.
0: Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for taking the time and spending time with us today. It was such a pleasure to have you on.
2: Uh, Thank you so much. Great. Great to chat with you guys. Um, Real pleasure.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Finding Harmony. With me, your host, Harmony Slater. You can find out more information on my website, harmonyslater.com. And I look forward to connecting with you again soon.
3: Standing in eternity's shadow Watching the breaking waves There's a hard wind and a soil